0: Yay. Hi, I'm Vicki Abelson. Welcome to The Road Taken, and this is my, am my, my wing woman, am Louise Palanker. You're late. Oh. You're late because,
1: well, yeah, because... I was on the other side of the camera. You're on, because work, there's snacks
0: over there. Because <laughs> there's snacks over yeah. there. Yeah, it's yeah. like the green room, yeah. it, and there's no green m ms Yeah, I got the memo. Hashtag diva. Um, <laughs> hashtag diva. Okay, so no, so we're not on there. So I, ha- I have to make sure we're on the air. Oh, on the air. Are we on the air? Are we on the air? I'm checking. Um, okay, so there we are. We're no, on the it's air. It's you and me. There we are. Yes, that's us. So Okay, so so normally, well, not normally, but when we're lucky, my son Harry works the camera for us at the beginning mm-hmm. so we can do this, and so Louise can sit with me for a bit because we, we're, we're no longer in the studio. Although I did notice this week that the Zinna site is back up. It oh. was it was down for a while, uh-huh. so it's back up. So maybe we'll be back in the studio soon. Although I kind of like it in the house. I do, but don't you miss uh, Brant? And, I miss Brant and Jake. Miss Brandt and Jake. Yes. I miss them like doing the whole thing. Yes. But I got to say, not having commercials and not having you know to rush and to be able to do the long form. Louise and I were having a debate about this last week because I or maybe it was a couple weeks ago. Because last week, we went really long with El Willis, but it was all fantastic. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. It was so fantastic. And that's, like, the nice thing about not having any restrictions is that if it's going well, we can just roll with it. And if somebody at home wants to go get a snack or go out to dinner, they can do that. No, but, like, for me personally, like, eventually they will tow my car. <laughs> so there home. has to be some no, kind of boundary. Okay, but not at my house. They won't. Okay, but at, not on my street. But anyway, but we do. We don't do commercials. What we do is we we give love. We give love to the people who love us. So, um, Rick Smolke of Quick Impressions of Chicago, the best printer in the entire world. Everybody there is just phenomenal, and um, he makes all my stuff. And, um, and I, I sent a message to um, uh, Mackenzie Phillips. Um, just got a new gig in, 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 at a recovery center, a new recovery center. And they were congratulating her on face on Facebook, and I went on there. And this the reason that we have tissue boxes, Louise, mm-hmm. is because when Mackenzie Phillips was here and read to us, the whole room cried. Everybody cried. And so Rick always made s- uh, swag for us. And so somebody said, can he make us a tissue box? And he figured out how to make us a tissue box, which is crazy. That's but he also practice. makes, like, all these, like... These kind of things, if you need them, or if you need business cards, two-sided. Why do I, why do I need I don't it? know. Well, like a pharmaceutical company or something. Do I need Williams, Nancy. You could put your... Does he make... Where's the tampons? make those? Makes <laughs> alert drops. Now, for those of you who watched the promo video and were maybe wondering why Nancy Allen threw tampons at me, in case you're young oh, and you didn't she look through is it just impossible well because nancy allen played the mean girl in carrie and, and
1: she, she threw, walked out of the bathroom and she yelled do you she, call these tampons <laughs> she, she, she threw problem? tampons
0: tampons at, at sissy's spaceship oh. she, 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 she like scared the shit out of me in those days but anyway so yeah rick does all of this stuff and then also i want to say a big thank you to nicole venables our sponsor who um has um do you know, nicole? I think um, you know I adore Nicole. I'm, Nicole is fantastic and so um, that's right you're the one who told me about Nicole as a matter of fact we were out to, Nancy is not in this room, you, she's in the green room, she's eating the, snacks. She's in the green room, no she has like, she asks for snacks and then she eats like a bird, she, she, had two right. she eats and she's two peanuts like, she's, I'm, she eats two things stop. and that's why she's skinny and I look like this because when I eat <laughs> snacks, I eat snacks. I mean, this might be the first time I've ever seen you eat anything Louise. I was thinking about this. recently. I don't usually eat you never eat I have never seen when you I'm eat working in front of that, me because you have to go like this to pick up things and Yeah, but it. even at women who right when we have like the potluck brush. on oh, the working. table
1: I'm, I'm carrying uh, yeah, cameras. but like everybody
0: else is finding a way to shove the food in not Louise I'm
1: like a weird eater I have to be sitting down and comfortable oh.
0: and at peace, but you know what? I'm not an over-the-sink type of that's why you're trim and you're fit because that is the healthy way to eat, not like, not like me, over the, over the sink bag of Cheetos. Okay, so he ruined that guy ruined Cheetos for me. That was my thing, and it wasn't that I ate them really. I mean, once in a while, but it was my thing. You know, I have that picture of me with my head in a bag of oh, Cheetos, yeah. and like I've it. used the word Cheetos like a hundred thousand times on right. Facebook. Everybody posts shit on my page. Oh, you're but talking because about forty-five. Forty five. And so Forty Five was in oh. town yesterday, screwed up Louise's show.
1: I Joe couldn't get to the show. It's Joe, Joe was, Cipriano, he got stopped he got stopped at Mulholland. They said turn around and go back down. He was a half a mile from my house. This is so wrong. This is
0: so Louise's show is things I when it was Obama, it was like, Oh well, you know, <laughs> he's busy. <laughs> things I found online, Louise's podcast, you can find it on her page or on their own page. Things I found online. You can find it online. Louise Pellet, But You can find it online. And uh, it's a wonderful podcast on Tuesday afternoons. And then they, iTunes and, you know, by the way, for those of you who um, can't like sit and watch us for the many hours we'll keep you here. We're also on iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher and TuneIn and all of that stuff. So if you want to listen to us on the card, you can also do that. But why wouldn't you want to sit and, and, and gaze and upon us? us? <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, so um, Nicole Venables, love her. She She does my hair. I love her.
1: She makes it nice to sit and look at you.
0: Oh, see that! And she has the Ruby Begonia Salon, mm-hmm. and right off the Ruby Begonia Salon, Rochelle Bagley, who we love, has a, a Pilates studio.
1: You know, you always say all this, and I never get to say that Jody cuts my hair, and in Santa Barbara, and right next to where Jody cuts my hair, there's a good cup. Coffee, so you can get. coffee. Yeah, but if
0: they're if we're going to give them a plug, then they need to be a sponsor on our show. Oh. That's right. <laughs> we plug plenty of people. I'll tell, I'll tell her to plug anybody. Tell her to And see what she's good for. <laughs> oh, but anyway, what I wanted to talk about um, with you tonight, before we like roll into Nancy, and I'm very excited to do that because we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but I wanted to talk about expectations and, and hitting walls. Um, I, um, I'm starting to write for The Fix again, and I haven't been a column, um, when my, when uh, Larry um, Oflahaven and Carl Reiner were publishing my book, mm-hmm. as soon as we started working on it, I stopped, I was writing for The Fix, and I was writing for The Huffington Post, and I wrote for Reimagine. I used to write yeah. these columns all the time, you and that's a very, pick, yeah. thank you, that's a very specific kind of writing, It is, and I haven't done it for a couple years, And so um, I wrote to The Fix and said, you know, I'd really like to do this again. And they said, great, I I pitched an idea to them. And they said yes, and so the fix is in. The fix is in, and so then at the same time, um, la- uh, two weeks ago, Maggie Rowe was a guest at Women Who Write, and Maggie does Sit and Spin at, at uh, the Hudson Theater in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and she invited me to read at Sit and Spin, Ooh. and I've never read there before, and I'm really excited. You know, I don't, I, I don't get to read outside my living room very often. I do once in a while, but not often. And so, and on the bill tomorrow. Yeah. Jill Soloway. <gasps> Jill Soloway created one Emmys for Transparent. She has I Love Dick now. She wrote on Six Feet Under. I mean, she is a, 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 such a hero of mine. I went to a, um, a career retrospective at SAG in this little room in the spring just to hope to connect with her and invite her here mm-hmm. and I didn't get to her. And I, I tried to like, I tried to fan her all over social media and she didn't write me back. But now she's gonna have to talk um, to me. you have to her- block the door. <laughs> she's She's gonna probably run when she sees me coming tomorrow but anyway Jill's on the show and and Claudette um, Sutherland and and Bill Burnett who also did um, Women Who Write uh, with with Maggie is gonna be doing the music and Maggie herself is gonna read so I'm really excited about that but anyway so I sat down to write this column for the first time in in at least two years Mm -hmm. and um, wow so I wrote the first couple lines and I was like i I know when something I've written is good or funny if it makes me laugh Mm -hmm. if I don't laugh it it ain't happening Mm -hmm. if it doesn't make me smile at least or fill me with joy it's not good Mm -hmm. so I wrote the first couple of paragraphs and I was like yes I haven't lost it this is great and then I kept writing and I was like oh my god I hate this oh my god I hate this and I I read it to my therapist the first six paragraphs and she looked like it's a line in the thing now. She looked like I killed her cat. I mean, she looked so sad. And she said, don't go by me because I just feel, you know, your life. You know, I want you to be happy. And I hear this stuff and it makes me sad. Said, she said, wow. "She said everybody else, it's called Sex and the Sober Girl. Sex and in the who? Sober Girl. Oh, I'm, so, I'm a sober girl. Okay. But, um, uh, and I, and I kind of want to brand yeah. it. I kind yeah. of have been thinking that I want to do a syndicated column like Sex and the City, but like Candace Bushnell's, but Sex... Anyway, I don't have my book right here to show you, but um, but don't jump is my book, and um, there was a point to this. You you read it to your therapist, and she oh, right, she said that when she read my book, she also like cried her way through it. Not because it was all said, but it was fair. It's very funny, but um, but she said you know because she was just seeing the little girl in there, and it mm-hmm. was you know she felt for me and all of that stuff. So anyway, I I pulled, you know my my couple of women friends that you know I can. Annoying. What do you think of this line? And so my first friend, Abby Cohn, I love you, Abby, Uh, my sister, um, I read it to her and she laughed at all the right places. And she said, that is hilarious. And I got all my confidence up. And then I read it to uh, um, my other sister, Emmy Geisel. (laughs) She was like, she laughed, but a couple times she did the groan. She did the groaners. Oh, and so it's better um, to just be silent, I think. Well, no, I needed that because it, it was direction. Anyway, I'm, t- I'm telling too much of this, but what the bottom line was that I hit a wall and I literally was staying up till three in the morning like two days in a row, and I just did not like where it was going. I was not happy, it didn't. I couldn't find my groove, I couldn't find my voice, I wasn't making myself laugh, I questioned everything. And um, after I went, I Emmy and I went through it, I didn't, um, we weren't in sync on what we thought, but it sparked me, and so we got off the phone, and I started writing again, and I made myself, laugh. and you know, and all of a sudden it started to flow, and I was like, oh yes, I like doing this. This is really fun. And then last night I hit another wall, and it was like I couldn't, edit. like I couldn't get the ending. I was like, oh, and I was like, all right, let me stop for a while. Let me watch This Is Us. Let me work out, and and I decided. Deepak says that fun and recreation. And rest are very important for creativity.
1: Do you know what re- recreation means?
0: Recreate. Oh, well, I don't know how that you applies. Recreate your your joy. Recreate re- your joy. recreate
1: yourself so that you're ready to go at it again. Oh,
0: that's kind of nice. Not- oh, I like that. Mm. Okay, that makes sense to me. Yeah, and the thing is that I don't sleep. I don't take time for recreation hobbies nearly enough i am a workaholic and work way too much and all of that and or i'm a total fucktard and i'm doing everything that's a terrible word i did not mean that i'm so sorry i, I don't know where that came from i stopped using that word like five minutes after i started using it because i felt so bad about it no Ooh, let's come let's well, rewind what did you mean What I meant is that I can be a total, I can fuck off like nobody's business. Oh, goof off. I can, yes, I can goof off and do social media and, you know, I had to write the piece, so I'm doing laundry, I'm washing dishes, I'm answering emails, I'm, you know, anything to not do what I'm supposed to do. But, so I can do that really well too. But anyway, so I decided to watch This Is Us, do a little workout, go to sleep. I woke up this morning, bang, it came. See, it came. You just need to take steps away from it. then okay so this is what I wanted to talk about is that hitting walls Mm -hmm. um, it's really easy to get lost in darkness and some people get lost there and they have a really hard time getting out of it and um, I know a lot of people like that I have people close to me like that Um, and for me I am blessed because I have program I'm I'm the luckiest thing that ever happened to me in this world was that I'm an addict and I got to get sober and I got to go into recovery because there I learned I got tools. Mm-hmm. And so when I go to those dark places, when I hit those walls, I know what to do. Mm-hmm. So I had to put 90,000 notes in my God can, I had to say 20,000 serenity prayers, I had to call my sponsor, I had to do, you know, I had, it I had like to. was sounds like being a
1: Catholic. <laughs>
0: Well, it sounds religious, but it's not at all. It's not at all religious. It's not culty. It's totally spiritual. It's totally putting the focus on myself and trusting that there is a power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity because I am insane. So anyway, you know, I know that to be true so that even when it gets really dark, I know, I know that every down is followed by an up. Every darkness, right? And I also don't know what's around the corner. I can't see around corners, right? We talked about this, I think, another, a couple of weeks ago. I can't see around corners, but the big guy or girl or whatever can, mm-hmm. and there's always an around the corner. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I think there's only one way to get to where I wanna go, or I think there's only one thing that I want, and then all of a sudden something happens that's like so much better than anything I could have imagined for myself. And so as I keep hitting these walls, like we were talking about, okay, how are we going to get this on Facebook um, watch? Mm-hmm. How are we going to get this to the next level so that more people are seeing it? Um, and it gets frustrating because the gatekeepers stop. The gate, There's gatekeepers everywhere. I'm having gatekeepers trying to get talent booked with certain people that I can't get to directly. There's gatekeepers at the there's gatekeepers all over the place in life and it's about faith for me it's about faith and 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 doing the work mm-hmm. taking the action you know it doesn't work if i just sit here and wait for it to come it's yeah. not gonna come if i'm not right
1: and you certainly have to be ready when opportunity presents so you got to you've got to done your
0: done your work and be strong and you have to open every door and you always have to say yes it's about always saying yes mm-hmm. you know because an opportunity is probably isn't gonna come around twice so, um, yeah, that's kind of um, where I've been the last couple of days. And now I'm, I'm really excited because I'm, I'm kind of anxious about reading outside of the living room. Oh, well, you're going to be great. <laughs> and I'm on with two Emmy winners and all of the, and, and Aggie writes for Arrested Development and all these incredibly accomplished um, women and, and Bill. And, but now I'm excited to do it because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm looking forward to yeah. it. And I um, went ahead and invited a couple of, like, powers that be to come and, and be there. And I'm like, well, yesterday when it was, like, going bad, I was like, why did I do that? But, you know, it, it, one of the rules of comedy when you start is never invite your friends and family. And the very first stand-up show I ever did, I invited everybody I knew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one went okay. It was subsequent ones where I, the one when I invited my father. Oh, my God, that was the end of my stand-up career. It truly, it was. It's in my book. End of the, the thing. But anyway, so um, so how, so, what's it like for you, Louise, when you when you get to the dark place? Like, how do you do? You have tools to get yourself out of the dark place? So, by
1: dark place, you just mean hitting a wall? Yeah, I just get up and walk around the house. And does that work? Yes. I've really? Had, I, I I've had the the great idea come to me when I'm away, and then like, let's say you're fixing yourself something, you can't run back to the computer fast enough because you don't want to forget the way you worded it. In your head, but it, it floats in when you're thinking about other things. I totally you have to give it
0: space. I totally, totally agree with that. My best thinking happens in the shower and when I go speed walking. That is when all the yeah. ideas come. And thank God on, on phones with the voice recorder thing. Oh my God, that's, yes, that's been a lifesaver. Although I oftentimes forget to go and listen to what I think, but once I record it, I remember. As long as I make note of it somehow, write it down or yep. whatever, then it then it works. Then you it won't sticks. remember.
1: That's <laughs> Please understand. You won't remember. <laughs> Write it down. Record it. Especially yes. if you're falling asleep at night, you won't remember. And,
0: and you know that's the other thing. I'm sure this is such a good idea. I'm going to remember this. Never. You don't. It's gone. You won't. It's yes. It's especially at this. There's not enough coconut well, oil at in the NH, world. Any <laughs> age. This was true for me at any age. That's that's a good point. Um, so anyway, tonight I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. Um, our friend Nancy Allen is with us yes. and. You know, we I had her do that thing where she threw the tampons from Carrie, but the truth is, I really don't know anybody nicer. I, I'm trying to think if I know anybody nicer. I don't. Hard pressed. Don't know anybody <laughs> nicer. Um, and I certainly don't know anybody cuter. No. That's for sure. No. And And we've just become really fast friends. I, I'm trying to even remember how we met, and I'm really not even sure. I was probably on social media, but it was just instant. Maybe at the pharmacy in the Feminine products. <laughs> Feminine products. <laughs> it actually—that was actually a a, a a locker room scene from like school. It was in high school, and that happened in the in the girls' locker room, uh, in the shower. They all started throwing that stuff. <laughs> Betty Buckley. Our friend Betty Buckley is another one who. No, she was the she was the teacher, and she actually saved Sissy Spacek. But okay. Spacek. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, Betty's great in that. Betty and Nancy. Are, and John Travolta's in there. Okay, so we have to talk about this. Nancy I have to watch not this movie only again. You, absolutely, we, let's watch it together. So Nancy not only made um, Carrie with John Travolta, and they are like they're the thing. They're the couple. Uh-huh. So she all her scenes are pretty much. Well, most of her scenes are with John, but then they did blowout oh, together. Yeah, yeah. and um, and so RoboCop, RoboCop two, um, Dress to Kill, Michael Kane Somebody, jo- oh, Michael Nori just did. The best um, Michael Caine impression for me, the other (laughs) one, is excellent. Um, She's just amazing. Um, Her body of work is incredible, but what is most impressive to me about Nancy, and that's hard, because a lot of things are impressive, um, WeSpark is, um, uh, I I, I, I don't know if it's an organization, a foundation, we'll have to talk about it, but it's to help people that have Cancer and their loved ones mm-hmm. get through it, mm-hmm. and so they have all kinds of services. They have they have massage, they have therapy groups, they have events with with comedy. And I went to one that um, Jeff Goldblum played piano and Susan Anton sang, and it was phenomenal. Um, and they, um, but mostly they're there all the time. Nancy's there all the time, every day. She is it is her life's work, mm-hmm. and I really respect that. Um, And she didn't have, she's, never. And she didn't do it because it was a personal, well, it is a personal journey because of a friend, but we'll talk about that. But it's just an extraordinary act of generosity, way beyond generosity, of being of service Mm -hmm. and of having her life count. Mm -hmm. And I I can't claim to be, Doing anything like that, but um, but anyway, so so let's bring her out so yeah. we can talk to her. And Louise, thank you for Yay. for being
1: here. Now let's bring out Nancy Allen. Yay! Yay.
0: Nancy. Yay. No more tampons. No more tampons. <laughs> I love you.
1: I love
2: you too. I'm so glad you're here. I lo- I love you, and you know I do anything for you. You're just, to... just uh, you're one of those people that I met and felt immediately a kindred spirit. With.
0: Immediately. Okay, so I have a question for you about that. Okay. Because I have a theory. I believe that when we meet somebody for the first time Mm -hmm. and it's just easy and effortless and we feel like we know them, I feel like we probably have. Maybe. It's possible. Because, you know, there are just some people that right out out of the gate. It's just Yeah. And that's usually the same
2: person that if you don't see them for a while... It doesn't matter. It doesn't. The minute you come back together, it's just, you're just there. You pick it up where you left off. And there are those other people that no matter what you do, it (laughs) doesn't happen often for me, but sometimes there's just something so repellent. I can't even, it's just, I just don't, I hate myself when that happens, because I go, oh, I just hate that person for no particular reason. Okay, see,
0: this this is a case in point to what I was saying, because I believe those people too are people that we know from a past life and had maybe awesome. a bad experience with. Because why should somebody... Because there are people that as soon as I meet them, it's like, whoa, yeah. no, <laughs> you know, no, I don't like you. And that doesn't make any sense, right? I'm, I'm going to see who's on this thing. Louise is going to tell us, by the way, um, today, right, Louise? Connie Watts, Steve Rollins. Hi, Steve. Um, no, this is... I have the wrong one. I need to find... Um, Julie Silver. Hi, Julie. Um... I I I want to say hello to people. Ross, hi Ross, Ross. and I didn't read from my notes today. (laughs) He always makes fun of me when I read from my notes. Um, So so yeah, I think those people that we struggle with might also be connected. But yeah, there's also
2: that theory that sometimes you see something in someone else, but you really don't. It's something you don't really like in yourself. Yes. I don't know that I. I mean I. Kind of buy into that a little bit, but not with the people that I'm completely repelled.
0: <laughs> oh, I hope you know, not, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah that old—if um, you—if you spot it, you got it. Yeah, and yeah. so I—I I do know that people. Uh, there are certain qualities that I possess that I do not like about myself. There are a number of them, and and it is true that when I see it in other people, I kind of wince. Um, you
2: know what I like? What I like about you is that you are you. What you see is what you get. You mm. are totally genuine. You say what you think, like it or not, and it's, it's, it's real. You're real. Thank and you're you. funny. I like funny. I always <laughs> like funny.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I need, I need that, that jolt of confidence going, about to go into Hollywood tomorrow to read. But and you're,
2: you're there. You, you've, been, you've already been invited. You're there because that's where you're supposed to be. Thank you. I was listening to the conversation about faith and hitting the wall and all of that, and it's just. I know, so how do you handle it when you hit the wall? First of all, I think I used to go into full panic.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, you get a roll, like, oh, I don't know. Oh, I'm so glad I have it. Oh my God,
0: what do I do? with Okay, now? so let's talk about what I I that because it? here you did it to a much greater degree than what I'm about to go through.
1: How She's does that
0: different. happen? How? Okay, so how? What was that like? I mean, do you start to second? Did you start to second guess yourself when you were? I, I'm sure not when you are at the height of your career, but when you were just starting out. I, I think you always
2: second-guess yourself. And I think I can tell you that some of the greatest directors I've worked with, they'll say, I don't know, show me. I mean, they'll have a vision, but they're always probing and questioning themselves. That's why they're really good at what they do. Wow. Um, I used to get really excited. I'd want a part, then you'd get a part, and then I'd go, oh my God, now I have to do it. <laughs> I don't know I don't know how to I would go immediately to I don't know how. Yes, yes. I, her, I just don't know how. I'm an imposter, they're gonna figure me out. Oh, and, and I don't know, what am I gonna yeah, so I I think intuitively and I did a lot of writing about it, mm-hmm. like what I thought about the character, what they did, you just sort of background stuff that's not in the script. But the walking thing, going for walks, uh-huh. Just yep. letting things ruminate and it would really just come to me, little intuitive thoughts would come. Yes. Uh, so, I think there were times when I might have had a few cocktails. Think, well, maybe that will inspire me. but That doesn't really work in the long run. Uh, so I used I think, to
0: think it did. Not yeah. for me, not alcohol, but pot. I used to think I, I was going to never be creative again because I stopped smoking it. The stuff I was doing then was shit. You know, I'm, I'm clearer. It's it, people think you don't get, you can't be funny if you're not. Well, the, the reality is is some people are able to
2: write or act mm-hmm. or create in whatever way, in spite of yes, the fact yes. that they're under the influence of something, and if you remove that, it's a really much purer, much purer uh, expression, really, mm-hmm. I think. But ultimately, I think looking back, it's easy now, at this stage of my life, to say, oh, well, you know, you just let things flow, and this leads to that, and that leads to the next, and you don't really have any evidence to prove that you won't be able to do it because you've always been able to before, but when you're in it, it's,
0: it's very really hard, to see hard. That. That's right. Uh, so, so how do you get yourself out of it when you're in it?
2: Uh, generally, I don't do it. I just say, forget it. Yeah. I put it aside. I walk away. I literally walk away from it. Even if it's a process of you know, something at least Bark Now mm-hmm. whether it's an event or, you know,
1: whatever it is. Yeah, you, you do, do some step really, ways. You, step you away. do
0: really big events where you're dependent upon a lot of people doing their part. And I'm sure just because I do events, you have to run into things where people are canceling and you're having Yeah, what's going to be
2: the best? What are people going to enjoy? Are they going to come? Are they going to buy tickets? You, you just do your part is all you can do and trust your instincts. And are you,
0: that's, that's, that's huge. It's
2: huge. And so, if you have a thought, I think an intuitive thought or feeling, that's the inspiration. Then the tendency can be. Now wait a minute. Let me think about that. Now then you start to get analytical about it and tweak it and turn it. That's when I think it gets mucked up
0: mm. for me. Yeah, I, it, for me, if I don't listen to it at all, if, if I defy, betray my mm-hmm. instinct, I always suffer. My instinct has never no. led me wrong not once that I can ever think yeah. of no it's it correct. might not be it, it might not know the exact thing but it's leading me to the thing oh, yeah. and so when I don't pay attention I, I pay for that and uh, for me it sounds religious it's really not for me that instinct that's my higher power channeling through me which sounds really blah, blah, blah. but it's not it's 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 not some yeah deity on a cloud it's 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 the higher good, kind of. It's my highest good, is really what it is. It's, Well, yeah. the universe
2: is pretty intelligent. Very so if you think of it as a universal intelligence, you know who Julia Cameron. Oh,
0: right? so God, yes. So
2: she's, I knew Julia, she was a mentor of mine. Wow. For many, many years ago. And um, she used to say to me, that little whisper, that you have to be quiet enough to hear the little bit whisper. That's the God voice, that's the inspiration. The louder, oh, you no, this is oh, you can't. That's not gonna all of that. That is that is not the God voice, so to speak. That is the negative. It's the lie, and that's the one you have to just get rid of.
0: So I have a little funny Julia Cameron story. So I've been doing water. I feel Go. like what's yeah, his yeah, yeah.
2: Who was the one that did the horrible Republican? Uh, you know, oh God, Marco Rubio. He kept leaning. Into <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: That's that. not you. It was the rebuttals. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not you. Um, so, I've been doing morning pages for almost 6,000 days. I have a day count that I keep for my morning pages. So, I've been doing it for like, I don't know, 14, 15 years, some, something like that. And so, I was at a writer's meeting in New York and I was talking about the fact that I do morning pages, but I do it my way. I, I don't use longhand and I don't do it first thing in the morning necessarily and I don't do three pages, I do it on the computer, whatever comes out, and um, everybody's tittering underneath there, and I didn't know why, and it's because the person sitting behind me was Julia Cameron.
2: (laughs) Oh my God, that's a great story. It's the truth. So I've been doing morning pages for 33 years. Oh my God. (laughs) And they were not called morning pages because the book had not been written yet, but uh, Julia, as my mentor, said, when you get up in the morning, first thing, just write out, journal, write out. Three pages. Don't go back and look at them. She, she called right. it brain dumping. Right, right. And um, then years later, she was at a, uh, doing a women's creativity workshop. She mm-hmm. moved back to Chicago and she was, I wish that I'd held on to them. They'd be gold. She's literally sent me handwritten Artist Way pages of this creativity workshop for women. Wow, it was about unblocking and doing all this, and it was all of this stuff that eventually became the Artist Way. Oh my, she was God. a really.
0: How did you meet her? Well,
2: I originally met her when I was married to Brian De Palma, yeah. mm-hmm. but I think was well, she
0: was married to Scorsese. She was right? married
2: to Scorsese, mm-hmm. and we went to visit the set of The Last Waltz, and she was there, pregnant out to here.
0: Wow, And that's yes, when I met her, and another. then many
2: years later, I, I guess about four or five years later, maybe longer, I met her. I, re, I was reintroduced to her.
0: And so. is that when she became your mentor? Yes. yes. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, what a life you've lived. Okay, so we, we need to start talking about that. So, um, but this, this, was, this, is, this, is, this conversation is important because these it tools, is. sharing of the tools and how we do what we do. Yeah. You know, when I hear a new tool... Um, there are things that people have said in passing over the last 20 years that have changed my everyday life, my mm-hmm. moment to moment, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. Like, um, uh, there was a guy in, in a little room on uh, West 96th street in New York, and he was this young hip hop guy and he you know, there's a thing in the 12 steps, you have to turn it over, and I was like, turn it over, How that? What, what do you mean turn it over, what is that, I didn't even know what that meant, and he said, yeah, for me, turning it over just means taking the next right action, and he was like 20 years younger than me, he was just this kid, this hip-hop kid with like tattoos and nose rings, and to this day, that is exactly what I do, like he changed my life, That, and you know, a lot of times people don't know when they've influenced each when well, we've influenced each other that way but there have been so many people in my life that just say the right words at the right time and I'm ready to hear them. Yeah, it's
2: magical. And it,
0: and it just yeah. changes everything. Yeah, it, It's kind of being open to it um, and also the timing has to kind of be right.
2: Yeah, you have to be ready to hear uh, what it is that you're going to be inspired by but I, I also, I think that for me, meditation mm. daily meditation is essential just
0: can you just tell me what you mean i still and i am not successful i've been doing this for many years i have to put on a deepak meditation okay. a guided meditation but then when it gets to the quiet part where this music is just on i'm thinking about what i'm gonna eat you know what i have to do when i'm done you know where i'm going how do you turn off the noise
2: well you know i don't think i'm someone that believes you can't i mean it's oh, the but- brain's job to think Mm-hmm. but the object for me is to not grab on and go. It's like, well, I have to do this, and da, 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 da oh, bring it back. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 you know, just sort of work with it in that way, and I started meditating. Um, I guess my father was sick. He was sick with cancer, and I just was so afraid he was going to die, and I knew I needed something, and I, I didn't know what, and I heard a speaker. I was at an event, and I heard a speaker, and he talked about um, Ram Dass and meditation, and you know, be here now, now in the now, in the now, and I picked up one of the books, I think it's called Journey to Awakening or Journey Through Awakening, mm-hmm. and it talks about all the different kinds of meditation, moving meditation, mantras. some people, it's walking, it's running, some people, it's dance as a meditation, which I realized it's probably saved my life as a child, <laughs> I danced so much from all the craziness that was going on in my house, but, um, so I, picked this book up and it was long before the days of having those fabulous uh, smartphones Mm -hmm. where you could set a timer. Mm -hmm. This literally, you were supposed to have a candle with a flame Mm -hmm. and a clock and sit for one minute. I thought one minute, I can sit for a minute, (laughs) I can do that. So you sit for a minute. A minute's a long time. It is a long time. time. It is a it's a long time. time. And I couldn't close my eyes. I just sit there and sit there. And sit there and you know, a so all right. And so three. what are you supposed
0: to do? Look at the flame. You
2: look at the flame. And if you guys, after a while, once you relax into it, you breathe.
0: Mm-hmm. Breathing's key. Yes. You know, it's
2: not holding your breath. It's 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 very it's hypnotic. And I started doing it more, and then I'd added more time, and I got to the point where. I worked up to about 30 minutes and wow. at some point I was able to close my eyes, which was huge. I don't know what I thought would happen. Like I would explode <laughs> or something awful if I closed my eyes, but I got, <laughs> this is actually not nice, but um, I got to the point where I could sit for 30 minutes and I was sitting for 30 minutes in the morning, and 30 minutes from, at night. And I went back to New York to visit my mother while my father was in the hospital. And I was up in the morning and I was sitting in my old room and I'm there and I'm meditating. and I hear this zzz, this is sort of noise and she's, the vacuum cleaner's running, and I opened the door and I said, I'm meditating! <laughs> you
1: know, and something in me went, oh, I guess that's, this is not the appropriate response. But anyway. She was vacuuming, vacuuming around you. Yeah, no, <laughs> Right, I could just see Nancy, like, sitting
2: there. Oh, I could hear. But anyway, it evolved and went through mm-hmm. a lot of changes. In the early days, I listened to Shakti Gawain. I listened to anything that would guide me that would mm-hmm. just calm me. But... You know what I do today? I have Calm.com, Everybody, it's really good. It's a terrific app. Really, it has all kinds of sounds: sounds of the ocean, sounds of this, sounds—I mean, a- anything. You right. need, like Fireplaces, rain, mm-hmm. torrential rain. I <laughs> like rain <laughs> is a
0: good one for me. It's good. And crackling
2: fires and that's are good. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. Really good. Mm-hmm. You can set the timer. Mm-hmm. You can have some guided and some quiet. And the the key really is to just. Sit through your feelings. Sit through the feelings and not grab onto a thought. You know, you, you can't stop the mind from thinking. Uh, I think it's Emmett Fox who talks about it. But you try not to, uh, to go with it. Bring it back. Bring it back to the rest.
0: So I don't... I, I like I, I, There you go. Okay, yeah. show everybody. Good. Thank you, Weezy. I'm gonna... Uh, I don't call you Weezy, but oh, you're getting lots of hearts and, and, and love now for Calm.com. Um, people are like sending up the things. There's um, another
2: thing, another one called, uh, I forget what it's called now, with an English guy's voice on it. just kind of nice, mind mind something or other. I didn't like it as much. It's a little drier.
0: You know, it's all about finding what works for, for you. you, right? Yeah. So um, I listen to the Deepak and Oprah ones, and Oprah sometimes annoys me on them. Because I can't, I, I, I'm sorry, but she does. I go. I go past her. I yes. That's I'm what sorry, I do. Sorry, Oprah. I know. I do too. I speak past Oprah, or I do. I do something else while Oprah's on. And then Deepak comes on, and that calm voice. I'm like so. I'm and so I listen. To, I have about. I don't know, fifty of them on my phone, and I pick a different. But I, I tend to listen to a lot of mm-hmm. the same ones over and over again because they—they're the ones that sort of work for me. Right. There's something so calming about his voice. It is very calm. Um, he's lovely. So yeah, when I try to listen to some other people, they annoy me. I can't. I can't. I the last thing I'm going to do is like go to a quiet place. Yeah, there's
2: one of the ladies on uh, on calm that drives me crazy. It's just whiny <laughs> voice. I don't like it at Yeah, all. no. Calm oh, they all. have sleep. They have sleep music. Bedtime stories on there, I've tried them, then I got annoyed with those too, so it's better to stick with the simple meditation, and the, the key, the, the thing that's great is that if you do it consistently, mm-hmm. that's when you get the, the payoff, though I'm a very reactive person, so what has happened through meditation is that every time I have a thought, I don't have to act, mm-hmm. I can just let it go away and see.
0: Boy, I'm not to that place yet. I'm, I'm working on that because I'll, I'll take that thought and I'll gnaw on it until that bone is gone. Um, it's really hard for me to let go of the thought. It's, it's what I aspire to do and um, I, I have tools to help me but I it takes me a while to remember to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, especially in meditation, I'm very unkind to myself. When my mind starts to wander, then I start then Then the the whole dialogue, what are you, an idiot, you can't meditate? Why can't you meditate? Why are you thinking about food now? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so then that noise starts. But I I always used to speed walk when I did it. Mm -hmm. And then now what I do is I play about 10 of them, almost, a long time. Like I wake up at like six in the morning, can't go back to sleep. So I'll just start playing them. And um, I'll fall back to sleep. I'll wake up, I'll do another one. And I get some meditation in there in between and it yeah that's whatever works whatever works yeah. okay so let's talk about Nancy so let's talk about so this crazy house you grew up in what, what did that look like what was crazy about your house
2: well I had two older brothers my father was a cop Ooh. and um, my oldest brother Logo was a yeah, <laughs> new york city cop um my mother, a fabulous woman, she was a housewife, and a great Wait, mother. Where'd you grow up? In the Bronx, and then we moved to Yonkers. Mm-hmm. This is, we are moving on up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, what was crazy was, there's a lot of love there, I like to say that, because there really was. My oldest brother had a 150 plus IQ, he was a genius. Oh wow. And I don't know what happened there, but he was always getting arrested. He got really? into drugs early, marijuana, and then it was a harder drug. So there's a lot of, there were a lot of visits. I'll give you an example of what was so crazy. If, this, if you don't think this is crazy, I don't know. So I had my first communion. and That's after, crazy right there. I'm a uh, no. Jewish girl. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't believe <laughs> it. So I had my first communion. How old are you? I think six when mm-hmm. you're doing your first communion. I didn't have my front teeth. Very cute. <laughs> and we left there and in the car I changed my clothes and we went to family court for my oldest brother. Aww. So he who was he would have been fifteen at the time. Oh quite a bit like older. That. Yeah. Yeah. So um Oh, that was must a, have been
0: lovely for your father, the policeman.
2: Well, yeah, and there was a lot of it. So mm-hmm. there was always this feeling like, what is wrong here? Something's wrong. You couldn't talk to who could you talk to? Him. You couldn't talk to anybody about it. You don't mm-hmm. tell anyone school. So you're mm-hmm. constantly holding all these secrets, the family, the family mm-hmm. secrets. And I had a brother that was the middle brother was sick. So it's just a lot, of, a lot of chaos and um, my father didn't really know how to handle uh, what was going on with my brother. So uh, there was some violence that existed. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. as a child, it's pretty scary, mm-hmm. you know, and um, fortunately I had dance. And I went to dance class like four or five days a week and I took so many classes and what I realized after you do the 100 years of therapy and <laughs> hypnotherapy <laughs> and all oh, you know, the process that you go through to figure out what's it's going on with me, me um, I realized that that saved my life. Because wow. that movement, whether it's walking, that move, it was a moving meditation. Wow. It was peaceful, I, would go away. I was just there, I was away from everything and um everything is
0: beautiful at the ballet
2: it's it (laughs) it's it you know or jazz or tap or whatever you're doing what was your
0: what was your what was your your niche
2: well of course i started with ballet but i really loved jazz Mm. i loved jazz and i loved uh eventually became jazz tap i tried that so i really did you do musical theater that's what i originally wanted to do was Mm -hmm. musical theater but uh, things went this way (laughs) and uh, life intersected as it has a way of doing, and you turn left, you turn right, and, and I ended up starting and going into acting. Okay, so we're gonna,
0: so okay. So I know that you got into the high school performing arts because I, did. I didn't, and you did, but, and you got in for dance, right? I did. Okay, so how did your journey shift from dance to acting?
2: So, here I am in performing arts, and this is uh, the first week there, you go through all these classes, and you have a number on you. Oh, come which on. Which is lovely. No. And, uh, <laughs> what and was your teachers, number? Who knows? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It was an <laughs> so awful experience. One
0: is the loneliest it's, number. I know that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, and the teachers, there was Miss Sure, and then there was Bella Malinka over here, and oh. you know, whoever the other one was, and they'd sit there, and they'd walk around, and they'd tap you on the shoulder if they wanted you in the department or in the modern department and Miss Schur tapped me to be in the modern department which is what I wanted oh I didn't want to be in ballet but they didn't notice so I got clumped in the group of we don't know what to do with this group of people (gasps) no so that you didn't speak up I didn't speak up
0: Oh it this was, hurts it was awful. Was I that a life that,
2: was that a life lesson right there? Oh my well, many years later it was a life lesson. Yeah, and it did and it ruined it ruined my whole experience there. I just felt like a loser and probably oh. combined with the fact that I didn't I didn't have a voice. You know, oh. I had no voice. So I And she didn't
0: speak up for you, obviously. She didn't remember.
2: Who's she? Oh. Like five billion people. This oh. one, this one no. How oh. does she know? So I pretty much I gave up. I tried, but I didn't really care. And uh, by the end of the year, as they met with each student, uh, Ms. Scher met with me and Bella Malinka, and they said, You know, we just don't think it's going to, we don't think you're happy here. And, um, you know, probably you won't be coming back next year. I thought, <laughs> Oh shit, oh. now what, you know? So I spent the whole summer. Not telling my parents because I was so ashamed.
0: Oh my God! Oh, this is such a sad story.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, all's well that ends well. Yes, all's well that ends very it well. Really yeah. well, and um, so knowing that my father didn't want me to go to that school because oh, he, he hated me going to that. Oh, school. Oh, because because it was a public school. Why would not I be in private school? He, he, didn't want, want, he me... want you to go to parochial school? Yeah, I was in an all-girls Catholic I school. I see. So. I went, instead of going to my mother, I went to my father. I said, Dad, you were right. That was just a terrible place for me to be. I need to go back to private school, and I know just where I want to go. And that's how... Wow. I, that was the beginning of going to this professional children's school, which was across the street from Carnegie Hall, where Which, I which school did you go to? Quintana School for Young Professionals.
0: Because my ex went to children's professional. PCS. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. that, was, that was the other one. Okay. And
2: uh, so... And so it was in that school that I met a young woman who's a girl, a teenager, whose mother was a manager. And that started me on my acting career, doing commercials. And okay, so
0: uh, how does that specifically happen? How did that specifically happen for you?
2: My friend, uh, Betty, said mm-hmm. to me, my mother would love you. You'd be great for commercials. Okay, the first
0: thing I want to say about that is in my experience with young girls, that's incredibly unusual right there. Yeah. That someone could be so generous and so comfortable with herself that she could recommend you and not be jealous or yeah. whatever—that's really lovely. She was a nice
2: girl, really yeah. nice, really nice. Betty Capadora, I like from that from Dixville, Long Island. <laughs> if you're out there, Betty. <laughs> uh, so, um, so my answer was, I said, "Well, do they pay you for that?" That's what I was curious. I knew I had to get a summer job of some kind, and she said, "Yes, you do get paid." So that was the beginning of the change, and I was still studying dancing, mm-hmm. but um, this felt like just a new path.
0: When, when did it start to feel like, ooh,
2: I think I'm going to shift my focus here? Well, I think almost immediately. Well, what was the first job that you did? The first job I did was a wink.
0: soft like Wink. Oh, oh
2: wink, do you remember wink? Drink.
0: No, I do not. It was it was do not a not remember grapefruit? Way thing,
2: gro- grapefruit soft drink.
0: I loved Fresca. Was it like Fresca? Yeah, it was.
2: Oh wait, that was yeah. Wink. Wink was a grapefruit. Yeah, it was great. I remember So anyway, I was hired, and those are the days of the uh, go-go dancers. So I was hired as nice. a dancer in the background. <laughs> where there was a three-piece <laughs> band, they were all pretending to. Oh, a so band. then you got
0: you got to merge both of your. I shows. did,
2: but I was thrust into greatness in my <laughs> first commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there, you know, dancing in yeah. the background and the lead girl who is playing, pretending to play the piano and and talking, you know, it's like she's singing to the playback. And the director, the meanest director in the entire world, except for a director I worked with later, who stopped and said, stop, 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 stop. stop." He said, you, I want you to sit down and do that. And I went, oh, oh, okay. And I thought, oh my God, what about her? I was so embarrassed and I felt sorry for her. uh Anyway, I sat down. He said, This is what you're going to do. You're going to do. You pick up the bottle, you're going to take a drink, you're going to, and then you're going to do this. So I started doing it. We did a few takes. And then I took a drink and it started dribbling. I went, Oh, oops, you know, it's dribbling. He says, You stupid girl! Oh, my! You just ruined a whole take. Don't ever stop when anyone is filming. I went, Okay, (laughs) I'll never. So I don't think I ever, for the rest of my days, ever stopped when I was filming anything. That is so, you know, that just goes to show
0: you, yeah, like, it takes, like, one thing to remember to change, but one nasty thing that can just throw everything off. But
2: to your question, what the question Mm -hmm. really was, is that I, for whatever reason, I felt it immediately at home on the set. Mm. Immediately. It just felt like this is where I'm supposed to be.
0: And that's, that's that divine presence, too. It just kind of kicks in. Mm -hmm. Okay, so after your wing commercial, um, you're still in high school? High school. You're still My in high trained. school. Okay, so what, what what happens after that?
2: I just started doing a lot of commercials. Mm-hmm. I started to take an acting class because I was afraid to read lines, and I would leave. I was afraid to speak if I went for auditions, so I just started to study a little bit. I studied with, first with a coach, uh, one-on-one, because mm-hmm. I was too shy to go into an acting class, mm-hmm. or insecure, or mm-hmm. all of the above, and, um, and then it just sort of went from there. I was, uh, somebody spotted me in a, a club that I shouldn't have been in because I was too young, but uh, dancing and they had a movie they were doing in Hollywood, a movie called Candy. I don't know if you remember that I movie. I remember Candy. And they wanted to fly me out to screen test and I went, oh, okay. And then I- How old were you? Uh, probably 16, probably 16. Wow, and um, I ended up getting out of that. I was too afraid. I just didn't want to do it, and uh, that was the first pass at it. And I uh, actually had an experience out here in 1969 where someone found me in a restaurant and brought me into Paramount. They were doing a movie, and she got
0: well, she has a Schraps story. This
2: is crazy.
0: <laughs> it oh my God! <laughs> it didn't
2: pan out. I read on reading on reading all these things. I said, you know, you're very good. And I said, oh, thank you. I was probably 19. That, and they said, Well, you know, this is the lead role. I mean, do you really think you could carry a movie? And I went,
0: I don't think so. <laughs> oh yeah. So that was sort of the end of that one. <laughs> I thought that
1: sounds too
0: yeah. much. Okay, well you learn the hard way not to answer that way next time.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Can you juggle? Sure I can <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. oh, anyway,
2: so that that was then. That was nineteen and then In New York I moved back to New York and I met Hal Ashby who was uh, casting The Last Detail.
0: Her her first movie with Jack Nicholson. (laughs) First scene, Jack Nicholson.
2: Pretty amazing. Uh, So I got a call from my agent. They love you and they want you. The script's coming right to your front door. I start reading the script, reading the scene. I'm going... This is in New York this happened? Yeah. Huh were casting, because they were shooting in Toronto and New York, and I'm looking, oh, I don't think I can do this part, oh, God, no, I can't do that, it was the role that Carol Kane eventually played, it was the hooker, she's nude, she's going, taking his pants, and going, let me check you out, and I'm thinking, oh, my my father's (laughs) doing this, what the hell am I going to do, I don't think I can do it, so I told my agent I can't do it, and he said, well, Lynn's Stallmaster, Lynn Lynn's a great cast, one of the Mm -hmm. greatest casting directors called me look how really once I said you know what Lynn there's no way I can be naked and speak at the same time so (laughs)
0: there's no way I can be naked and speak it
2: it took me another film before I could do that (laughs) but not my first film (laughs) so I ended up doing uh the part with Jack uh in the party scene and that was you know I mean I have goosebumps that's awesome that's yeah
0: and how was Jack with you
2: very nice. He, yeah. he couldn't have been nicer. Was he, he
0: was already—he was already. Oh sure, yeah. sure.
2: He had done Easy Rider, yeah. done five easy pieces, and uh, something else. But mm-hmm. he was so great, and I felt so comfortable with him. Mm-hmm. Except it was so weird. We'd be sitting and talking, and then all of a sudden, I couldn't even hear that the film that they would started filming, and he just completely transformed into this character, oh. thinking, "What's going on?" And that reaction in me is so real and that's that, what they wanted that's what they wanted yeah and it was wow. really great but that that right then and there in that moment i thought this is what i have to do next i have to make movies so
0: okay so you <laughs> we'll the last detail and um and how did your how'd your father feel about that movie because that's a pretty well it's a great movie and i was it's... wasn't naked so that's yeah. a good so that was yeah. okay so as long as it was okay if carol was as long as it wasn't you no okay Good. Allie Willis is watching.
1: Allie! <coughs> Hi, Allie!
0: Um, we were in Allie's kitchen last week. We had so much fun with Allie. Allie is getting inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Wow, congratulations! And, uh, yes, she's she's having an amazing run right now. Very exciting. Um, not always. I an mean, amazing run like for the last gazillion years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's always on a run. She's always on a tear. Um, thank you, Louise. P- please do tell us when, uh, when our friends are coming to pay us a call. Okay, so you, um, after Last Detail, what happens?
2: I stick in New York and I do a f- few more years of work. but wait, you want to
0: do movies and you're staying in New York? Isn't, I mean, that, that sounds <coughs> sorry, like I'm kind of uh, not the place to be if you want to do movies.
2: I didn't know what else to do. And they mm-hmm. did come through New York mm-hmm. and cast and mm-hmm. was Theater. You're at school
0: at this tickle. point. Tickle. Do you want a cough drop? Mm hmm. Okay. Oh, sorry. Louise, <laughs> so talk, talk, talk to Nancy. I oh keep my. talking if I, I can know know what, what happened? <laughs> 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 so, were, no, were you living at home? No. Oh, okay. So you had a place. I
1: moved out when I was 19. Oh,
0: okay. So you were making <coughs> money, so you had, you had <coughs> the means to get out of there.
2: I yes. was living in New York, mm-hmm. and I woke up one day. I
0: said I was nothing left for me to sell. In commercials, I sold everything. <clears throat> I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> don't be so, so, like, what kind of like were you? Were you talking in the commercials, or were you sure, like sure? I yeah. talked. I did
2: everything. I did mm-hmm. I a gazillion Clairol commercials. I did one of the first legs, pantyhose. Nice, laundry detergents. I mean, you name it—Dove, flying doves. Remember they have the flying mm-hmm. doves and oh, Dove? God. I did it all. I thought I can't do this anymore. Yeah. It's just to ten years of this. I'm done. If I don't go now, I'll never go.
1: Yeah.
2: And I was 25, <laughs> and I literally picked up, I made plans to go out to California and left New York. So that's that's. And great. you came
0: out without a job? You came out with, with a belief I had no job. Mm-hmm. I
2: had a list of, from my manager, that these four or five agents wanted to meet with me. They'd seen my picture and so I called them. The first one I called was the woman, the only woman. Friends, mm-hmm. nice. right, right, not though mm-hmm. a woman. So I called, I think it was Joan Scott and I said hi, is Nancy Allen? And she said, Oh, uh huh. She says now, how old are you? And I said, Well, I'm 25. She says, Oh, you're too old. And uh, <laughs> oh, she said, I, I can't. It gets I, worse. I, it gets worse. I she can't. said, If you were a man, you would be worth the time of my investment. <laughs> but you know, you should go back to New York. And I, that's where I was. I was like, Really? I mean, for me, that's like really. That's I like, I what I, re- re- I
0: really can't wait. I I mean, like my. Picture of her seeing you in like your first starring role and like eating that humble pie, oh. Yeah,
2: so that was that, moving on from her. And then I got this other guy who ended up with Bud Moss. And Bud uh, was, had been a kind of a legendary agent, but I don't think so much anymore. So I sat around for an interminable period of time, two months with no auditions. I thought this was a really long interminable. time. Interminable, <laughs> two months. <laughs> yes, and I thought this is ridiculous, I'm not working, I need to plan to go back to New York. This is not working out for me. So I started plotting my trip back to New York. I thought after Thanksgiving.
0: And you were living off the money you'd been making, yeah, doing commercials? that's it. Uh-huh. So I had
2: some money put away uh-huh. and uh, I couldn't, there was no uh, really no commercial work out here at that time. This is going back to 1975.
0: Right.
2: Um, it was all still in New York and mm-hmm. Chicago. And I was uh, coming out of the Beverly Hills, I was in the Beverly Hills Health Club for Women, Women coming out of the steam room, and I bumped into Harriet Helberg. Hi, Harriet.
0: I know you're on Facebook Harriet. We ha, We <laughs> love Harriet. Harriet's a woman who, right? I haven't She's seen her in a long, a long, long time. Woman. Yeah. So she
2: had cast me in New York in commercials, and she said, I'm casting this movie. You're very right for it, but you know you won't get it, I'm sure, because it's just, you know, it's the last day, last casting, that's it. So I went to read for this film, last person to read, last day, and it was Carrie. And By the time I got home, I got a phone call saying we're gonna screen test you. So that was
0: the beginning. And that was after two long months of waiting. (laughs) (laughs) So So now, what, what was that set like? You met somebody pretty important to you on that movie as well. So, you're on, so, is Travolta... He's already... Welcome Back Hotter is already a thing. No. No? It was just coming on... When we were testing, oh. it was just starting. Oh. I didn't
2: know who he was. I'd never oh. seen the show. I think it may been on a few times or uh-huh. something like
0: that. And oh. the minute
2: he walked in, I tested with two different people. The minute he walked in the room, and said, I thought, okay, he's getting the part. Did someone else rehearse with him? Because I didn't rehearse with him. Somebody, I rehearsed with some other guy. I thought, that's it. I'm not getting the part. He's getting the part. You know, because you could tell... He, he just, just was it? that character. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, he just, yeah. And we had great chemistry together. So um, I, I ended up in a screening, a SAG screening, and I was with my brother's friend. He said, oh, we saw John. He says, he's on that new show. He's a big hit. I said, really, what show is this? I had no clue. I was just, so. Wow. When, when we, so when we started, the show was just starting to take off. And by the end of the shoot, we were shooting on location somewhere and they had to put up barricades.
0: You oh know, my that's god that's how fast yeah, he, he that's like,
2: how fast it happened
0: barbarino
2: and he was so sweet mm-hmm. we had so much fun together mm-hmm. we drove to set either i'd pick him up he'd pick me up we look very close to each other we laughed we had so much fun and he's just he was so he was so supportive I mean he's a few years younger than me and i remember coming out of coming out of the dailies and uh we're walking, he says you know what and they're not going to know that you can act too. They're going to really be surprised at how good you are. Maybe I should have been insulted, I don't know. No! I thought it was really
0: nice. No, and also you play like the evil bitch from hell, so... Yeah,
2: there's no one on the set talked to me for two weeks. Because they only knew me from rehearsal and all I did, I never spoke. I was, you know, the person that didn't speak up at performing arts. I was the person that sat there. Really? And the only time I spoke was when I was doing my lines. And uh, so they so thought you were the character. They thought, "Oh, she's such a bitch." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then really? Bonnie's like, oh, "You're nice." You know, PJ Souls and I kind of I it. love PJ uh, Souls. I don't know her personally, but I, I but love her. I I, I love, love her. her
0: from What's the Bill Murray movie. Um stripes. Stro- mm-hmm. She's fabulous. Oh yeah she's, good. yeah, she's yeah, she's she's excellent. And did you have a rapport with with Betty Buckley? Did you have a relationship with her on set? Yeah,
2: Betty was great. Uh, I got along really well with Betty, and she uh, when we were doing the uh, prom scene that took about three weeks to film. There's a lot of sitting wow. and waiting, and we were all you know piled in this one dressing room with a sofa and you know a couple of chairs, and she would strum her guitar and sing. And, uh, so she wasn't like Betty Buckley then. Yeah. You know? Right,
0: right. And what about um, Sissy? How was um, Sissy, Sissy?
2: Was great. She pretty much stayed to herself until we got to the prom. She wanted to feel that being separate. Uh, yes, be separate. yes, yes, yes. But what a nice person! Total mm-hmm. pro. Loved her. Loved her. Also.
0: Yeah, I don't know how she got to the place that she... And, and what about, um? oh my God, I, why did I just... Piper Laurie, oh my God. Piper Laurie, sca- I can't even look at her ever since that movie. She still scares me. You
2: need to interview her, and you need to bring her to Women Who Write. She's written an extraordinary book. Piper! Extraordinary book. Will you book. connect
0: me with her? I, will, I would absolutely... So, and oh you God. must
2: read her book. I really don't like actors' books. Okay. I just don't like them. Mm-hmm. I couldn't put this book down. Her well, story... It's a remarkable story, her story, her wow. story. And anyway, I never met her when we were filming because they—she only shot with Sissy. Oh, it was a close set. So because because it was a close set. It was just the two of them. You know, it was that intimate. And, and it was, and their
0: and their scenes together are so intense. It's rough. Yeah. Very rough stuff.
2: Yeah. So, um, and I guess about I don't know how many years ago now, seven, eight years ago. I was doing an autograph show and all of us were there the whole cast pretty much and there was Piper with her book and we all wanted to meet her because we hadn't met her Well she and I become buddies now I adore
0: oh, her oh. she's a
2: obviously a brilliant actress oh such my a God actress. so now we're buddies we weren't then but love that yeah, it so it took
0: all these years for you guys to meet each other yeah. Wow, yeah. that's a great story. I love yeah. that. Oh, I would
1: love to talk oh, no, to you, you.
0: You're going to love it. I that. have to read her book. Uh, you Louise, do. we have to read her book. Yeah, I you held it up. Oh, you held it up. Thank you. Thank you. Louise is doing all this, this hey, great hey, stuff. Hey. Wait, I'm, I'm trying to see if, is there anybody we're supposed to be talking to on here? She has almost five solid stars on Amazon. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, what's it called, Louise? Learning to Live Out Loud, a memoir. Learning to Live Out Loud, Okay. I'm I'm into it. I mean, I have to say, she does scare. She does scare me a little bit. She's yeah. But she's not that way in life, huh? No. 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 She's a very gentle Mm. person. That had to be really rough for both of them. That's the wow. Had to be rough for you. I also tell a little bit of the story because it's
2: great when she tells it. It's in the book. Yeah. But um, I first heard it. We were doing a a Q and A. It Mm -hmm. was uh, Piper and uh, PJ and me. I can't remember if Billy was there or not. But anyway. Uh, She tells the story of reading, she she had taken a 15-year hiatus to raise her daughter, and this was the first film, so they said her the script, this Brian De Palma, so she looked at Band of the Paradise, and she says, oh, I love it, because it's sort of a black comedy. Right. So
1: she reads Carrie,
2: then she goes in to meet Brian, he didn't think she was right for it, because he saw this woman as sort of old and severe, and then Piper comes in with this gorgeous red, (laughs) gorgeous hair, and... and, um, so she starts reading it and, and, and for him and he says Piper, you know, everybody's gonna laugh at you. And she says, Oh, don't you want them to? But she yeah. said, No. She says, well, Isn't it a comedy? Oh, it's a comedy? Oh, I love <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah.
0: So, that's and, hysterical. Yeah. Um, okay, so now tell us about meeting Brian and how that happened.
2: He was at the audition. I went to audition. Wow, for directors Kennedy. were actually
0: at the auditions. He in the was Oh yeah,
2: mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, there wasn't any filming. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact. Uh, Harriet Helberg was there, of course, mm-hmm. and um, it, he was actually. It wasn't at a studio. He was staying in a friend's place on Fountain Avenue, and they were doing readings there. So I'm sitting there waiting. You went what to their
0: his, apartment. That also would not happen. Would not be no, happening. Me
2: There was a lineup of actors. It was, yeah, it but was they, like, they
0: still couldn't do that. These. I don't, oh, no, 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 they no. could not do that I anymore.
2: So I'm sitting there mm-hmm. and down the stairs, like stairs like that, I see this person walking. And for some reason, I just made the assumption that film directors would be old. I figure mm-hmm. they must graduate from commercials <laughs> so they must be really old by the time they direct. <laughs> so down the stairs comes this kind of interesting looking, dark hair, bearded guy, and kinda, who's that? Well, that's the director. So, um, okay, so that was that. And I read, and he laughed. And some of the things I did, and I thought, oh, he likes what I'm doing. So, um, he actually, I guess about a week after I was cast, (laughs) I got a call from him. He said, I'm having a dinner party, and I have some friends coming to New York, and would you like, you know, wanted to invite you, and I just, there was like a This is before
0: you shot? It's before I shot, Mm -hmm. and I
2: just sort of held my breath, and I thought, oh, no. And I had a boyfriend at the time, and I said, well you know, I have a boyfriend, I'm thinking this is going to blow me, I have a boyfriend, and and he says, oh, well, I'm not trying to set you up or anything like that, and he says, well, if you don't want to come, so I got off the phone, I thought, that's it, I probably blown this part, (laughs) but I didn't, you know, I think he was trying to set me up with this wonderful actor, friend of his,
0: he was trying to set you up with somebody else, Mm -hmm. I love this story, okay, so continue,
2: so then we shoot the movie, and, um,
0: and is there chemistry right away on set,
2: no, I wouldn't say so, to say so and uh, there was a funny moment there was something an added little sequence that was with pj and i and he said something something in his direction i don't know whether i was tired cranky whatever it was and i said you're a mind fucker and it just came out of my mouth and he was appalled that i says i want to talk to you and he says i am not i don't do this and i don't do that and okay whatever so at the end of shooting, um, the, one of the, when we shot the car, the, when the car flips, where John and I get killed? Mm-hmm.
0: Spoiler! <laughs> you can't oh, say spoiler! Every
2: spoiler! <laughs> Everybody's saying, Carrie. At least 10 or 20 <laughs> times. Um, so uh, we're sitting at dinner, and then he's sitting with us, and Brian went back to his dressing room, and John said, he likes you. And I said, what are you telling me? He said, I can tell. I said, really? Oh, that's interesting. Didn't make anything of it. And um, finished shooting. Wrapped. He goes back to New York. Life goes on. He invited everybody for the cast. If you're ever in New York, you should call. Come to the editing room. See, you know, see your scenes. Uh, and I did just that. I went to visit my mother. and a
0: few Okay. Later, so now did you do it? Tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Did you do it? Not that you would do anything but tell the truth. Did you do it with a little bit of... I'm attracted to him. No. No, really.
2: No, really. No, honest to God, I, wow. didn't, I didn't. I wasn't thinking about it at all. I was really thinking, I really want to see my scene. Okay. And so I went in a editing room. Paul Hurst was there. They showed uh, two of the scenes to me, and uh, he said, "You want to grab a bite to eat?" I was literally leaving for a new, uh, California the next day, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I said, "Sure." So we go to dinner, Victor's Cafe. I um, Cafe on the then, west yeah. side. It's not uh-uh. there anymore.
0: It's gone. Thanks. Up on Seventy First anymore. Yeah, I don't think that's it's there so anymore. Sad.
2: Yeah. So we had dinner and some sangria and maybe it is. Mm. anyway. Yeah. and uh, we talked. He told me about. I mean, it was like a... he actually was like a different person. How it so? was the first time I saw him as a person mm-hmm. who was funny because he's very intense mm. on the set. That's why I didn't really feel attracted because. Anybody, uh, the truth is that he hates shooting movies. He hates, he loves planning, he hates being on sets, he hates shooting movies.
0: And what and is didn't that, that. What is that about? Why? It,
2: I, I don't know, I think it's having, you know, I remember saying to him once when we were shooting blowout blowout, there was this huge parade and hundreds of people and cameras and all, it was just like, I said, this is something, he's written, I said, isn't this incredible? Like all of these people assembled for your vision, and he goes, oh, I hate it. And I thought, I wish oh. he could be happy. I wish he could enjoy this. For him, it's a, a burden in a way. The planning is really exciting for him, mm. but having to wait for this one to do this, and that one to well, do Well, sets are that, so slow. Everything is so are. slow. It can be excruciating. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's what it was. So, that was his, I mean, he would sit every day, like this, on the set, and I thought, he looked so lonely. <laughs> he, he looked so lonely. I didn't know he was miserable, but Aww. anyhow, so there he was. This other person who was funny. He was so funny, smart and funny and interested, and you know, um, and we really sparked mm-hmm. in that night. And uh, and we got in the taxi to go downtown, and he kissed me, and that was it. Kind of, sort of.
0: Well, you left for California the next day, I didn't did.
2: you? I did. And, and I so forgot middle... all about it. Huh? I forgot all about it.
0: Oh. You forgot all about it?
2: Kinda. Of. It was like, oh that was kind of a nice thing, what a f- little flingy kind of a thing. Uh-huh. And then he called me on my birthday in June with the from the editing room. Everybody singing happy birthday to me. I thought oh, interesting and said, I'm coming out to LA, love to see you. That's how it began.
0: That's a nice story. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and you guys made other made more movie together. We did. Mm-hmm. So okay, so so what happens after care? So so do you guys have any idea when you're making Carrie what you are? I mean, because for those of you who are young and haven't seen it or have seen the remake, go back and see the original because please go back and see the original. And and if you've never seen Carrie, oh, my God, it's one of the scariest movies of all time. And spoiler, like the scariest ending of any movie ever, mm-hmm. um, except maybe Dressed to Kill. But, I mean, just uh, so, so scary. So... Did you know, did you guys know what you had? I mean, now, so now Travolta's already a star before it mm-hmm. comes out, right? right? So you know you're gonna get some attention.
2: Having nothing to do with him, really. I mean, I, honestly, and the studio- Was didn't Sissy take a, a star yet? She was, not she had done a movie called Prime Cut and with Lee Marvin, and uh, she had a nice part in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was uh, up and coming. Yeah. And uh, Piper, of course, had been in, of course, *The Hustler*, and she was. But, but she, but that had been so long before. Later, yeah, that's so, a long time before. So it was really nothing to hang your hat on. And Brian had made interesting movies, but there was nothing that was a hit. Right. And um, so it was just kind of this horror film that they were dumping out, and you know, in October around Halloween. And but I will tell you, seeing the dailies, seeing the rushes, whatever you call them, you could see there was mm. something there. And you can feel it. And in hindsight, now looking back at my career, you always know. You do. When the movie's good, you always know. And at least I can tell. So you've you been, always you've know been when it's I'm I was just bad. gonna say, do you know when it's bad? You know when it's bad, and you think, oh my god, how much longer? Oh my god, how many days left?
0: Wait, do you know that on the
2: set or you know it only from watching the dailies? I no, I don't even watch the dailies because I can feel I know it on the set. Mm-hmm. You know it from the script. It's not working. You're there. It's a job. You go. to you have to go to work sometimes. Mm-hmm. And and you have to give it your all even if you know it's a piece of shit. Excuse me, but it's true. You right. have to act and do give it 150% of yourself. And that's so, true with anything we do, right? It is a- a- of anything course. we do. We got to all in. Yeah. All if they in. say
0: okay. Yes. Oh yes, I by far. Okay, so, so after, uh, so wait, so do you get your next movie before Carrie comes out, or does it come out before what happens? I get some scripts that are no nothing
2: before Carrie comes mm-hmm. out. Uh, also, this is kind of funny. Spielberg, uh, there was a screening of the movie, and Steven said to me, he said, "You know, Steven." She
0: calls him Steven. Well, <laughs> we're not in touch, but <laughs> then in those days, he was just he yeah. was a kid. He
2: was young, like uh-huh. us, you know. And anyway. Um, did he and Brian go to school? Were they contemporaries? Uh, Brian's a little bit older uh-huh. than Stephen, but they were contemporaries and mm-hmm. his uh, mm-hmm. cronies with the rest, of George Lucas mm-hmm. and Marty Scorsese mm-hmm. and Francis Coppola and all those guys. Um, we were sitting in his house in Laurel Canyon which was a really funky kind of cabin, and you know, really funky. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, you know, you really should hire a publicist. He said, because you're really good, bless you, in that movie. But if Sissy, he says, if Sissy wasn't as good as she is, you would be the breakaway star. But you you need to hire a publicist. And I was so ridiculously prideful. I'm thinking to myself, I'll just let my work speak for itself. Not realizing oh. that this
0: is the this is the business, the business. Right.
2: I didn't understand it, nor did I. I just didn't get it. And certainly he was right about that. That was a good piece of advice that I didn't take from Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Wow. So uh, it comes out, and I get over the next year, I get sent some scripts for some really cheesy. Movies that are sort of like Carrie with the Yeah, man-girls. I was going to say all horror stories, or are, or, or even man-girls. just nasty yeah. girl things. It's like I, I think I just did this, <laughs> <laughs> to this again in this oh, shitty. Oh, really? Script. You didn't want to do it again? Well, in this shitty script. Right, no, right, not right. really. So, um, it took me literally a year and a half, and then all of a sudden, uh, Animal House came along. I Want to Hold Your Hand came along, and I was reading for both of them simultaneously, along with a television movie. They just is like, it was like hands thing. up yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. so I had to figure out what to do next and it was ended up doing I want to hold your hand which is Robert Zemeckis which film. is was which Stevens, first? Wow. his first film and Steven Spielberg was the executive producer on it yeah wow. yeah so but that was a year and a half later now, so what did you do for the movie?
0: But what you do for money in that year and a half? It Was pretty
2: bad. It was pretty desperate. Now were you
0: already with Brian? Were you already a couple? No.
2: Well, we started. Yeah, we started dating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it was in July or so of '76. Mm-hmm. I guess it was. Yeah, it was right before the movie came out. But he lived in New York, so mm-hmm. it was geographically not quite desirable. Yeah. So he came back and forth, and I went to visit him a few times. But um, it was rough. I mean, mm-hmm. money was tight. Mm-hmm. We only made, we made 604 a week. That was our money, on Carrie. Wow. And uh, not a lot of money. The interesting thing, I look at today, by today's standards, if that movie came out today and it was as big a hit as it was then, a million dollars your next movie. You know what I mean? Right. That's how it goes today. Um, how long was the shoot? Uh, it was supposed to be... Seven weeks. I think we ended up eleven weeks. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: because that too. Now everything is like thirty days, thirty-five days. Everything or, is or fast. it's a big film. Oh well, yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. thirty months. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So uh,
2: it's a lot. But yeah, it's a very, very different business today. But there's a lot of pressure too because you're not just an actress. You're a brand. Yeah. You know, you have to market Mm -hmm. yourself. It's like we're sitting here doing... With social media, right? uh, Yeah. It's like you have to be your own PR person Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. hire someone to do it for you, which a lot of people do. So I don't know, personally, if I could, especially then, I don't think I could have handled the invasion into my personal life the way it is today, Mm -hmm. where everything's out there. I mean, I suppose some people are very good at keeping their life private, but... Mm -hmm. It's just, and the nasty things people say. It's mm. pretty awful. I hope nobody's saying anything nasty. They're no. not. Okay. No, no yeah, is anybody so no, good. nobody's <laughs> saying anything nasty. nasty.
1: Uh, good point, Nancy. Oh. <laughs> That's <laughs> as bad you. as this gets. I, I can't
0: tell if which is the beginning and which is the end. I'm trying to figure out which is the top and which is the bottom. Um, right, good point, Nancy. Okay, I get that. So, okay, so, so Carrie comes out, a year and a half later, um, I Want to Hold Your Hand, so, and then, uh, what happens to your, and are you and Brian more together at this point, I uh, Yes,
2: we have a little uh, break up, oh, and okay. uh, get back together, he's shooting the Fury, I'm shooting, I Want to Hold Your Hand, we get back together right around the time that I Want to Hold Your Hand comes out, which has a big premiere in New York, <clears throat> and um, and at that point we stay together until we do get married, so that was, Which is, when is that? Well, uh, that was, we got back together, that was 78, and I guess we got married in uh, January of
0: 1979. Okay. Is that right?
2: I'm thinking. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Seems like an awfully long time. In between, but yeah. and
0: when is wh- wh- okay? So after I want to hold your hand. What's next? Is *Dressed to Kill* next? What's next? After
2: I want to hold your hand, mm-hmm. I did *1941*. Uh, oh, you worked Spielberg. with
0: Spielberg! Oh my yes God! Yes, I did.
2: John yes Belushi. Did. Oh. oh my God, I loved him. That's why I wanted to do *Animal House*. Oh. There were two roles in Animal yeah. House and I just, I remember... What waiting. did they want you for? Well, it was... It was the, oh, ta- ba- babs, Bambi, Bambi, Bambi? Bambi or whatever. Bambi. Wasn't it know, Bambi? the Southern accent? Yeah. But I wanted to be the one. I wanted to be the one.
0: John Travolta! Oh, well, I mean, not John Travolta, but
2: no. John Belushi. I loved him so much. I, what Ta-
0: she was Tammy. I, was she Tammy? I, I think she was Tammy. Yeah, but maybe. Tim Matheson had the other yes, girl. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah, yeah.
2: that's right. Bambi
0: and Tammy, I think they were. <laughs> <laughs> totally fun shoot. But, I um, loved Animal House. Oh I know, it's God. a
2: terrific movie. It's still, it's still silly and wonderful. It like, is. All those guys are so great in it. Um, and Karen Allen was in that movie. And she was fabulous. She's fabulous. We she finally is. met about four years ago. I'd never met her, she'd never met me.
0: And I, Do people confuse you for each I other just, all the time? The
2: first thing I said, I said, please <laughs> tell me people call
0: you Nancy. She said all the time, <laughs> they, I
2: feel much better now.
0: Um, <laughs> so so what was the set of 1941 like?
2: Well, let's see. It, mm-hmm. was, it was supposed to be, um, I think it was a 14 week shoot, and we were there for six months. So let's just say it was a
0: a little, a, little, a little Belushi problem. where you having Belushi?
2: How about if this was this was 1977? Yeah, no, 78, 79, mm-hmm. yeah, 78. Let's just say the Everybody. entire set, everything, <laughs> everywhere, and it was like if you is the, the thing on the set was like if you have any coke, don't give it to John. They'll do it all, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and in fact, it was the first week of shooting. We were shooting, I think it was out in Indian Wells. We so it was supposed to, to be Barstow. Yeah. And Tim and I are out there. Tim Matheson mm-hmm. and I are in the car. We have his, love my love interest in that. Which is I loved delicious. him. Delicious. He's a fabulous guy. Um, and Warren Oates is there. Mm-hmm. And John, there's a scene in the movie where John plays Wild Bill Maddox. And he's on the, the wing of the plane. He's supposed to say, I'm Wild Bill, whatever his name mm-hmm. is, Kels- uh, whatever his name is. And and uh, show me your guns or something like that, and he literally falls off the wing of the plane, and you can see it in the movie. He literally, boom, what? onto the ground. He wasn't that wasn't supposed to happen. He fell off. He cracked his rib. Oh. They had to take him. This is week one. Oh, of shooting, oh my God. they take him to emergency. So now they put a stunt man up. And if you look at the movie, he falls up, he gets up, he falls down again. So they turn, try to turn it into. A, I totally into have a to joke. watch this movie <laughs> again. So um, you know, um, uh, oh my God, what's her name? I love her so much, Ileana Douglas.
0: I, I, Ileana's been on
2: Arrow taken. I love <laughs> her. She she was hosting turn um, of classic movies, mm-hmm. and she put that movie up as, you know, second looks, or it's worth the second looks. Right. And why she liked it, and mm-hmm. it did really well. So, I loved him, he was one of my, I have one of my favorite pictures on the set ever, is I'm sitting in a chair and John's hovering over me, hugging me with Robert Stack in the background. I mean, everywhere uh-huh. you looked, there was somebody, Christopher Lee was there, to
1: show a 40.
2: Oh my god to Shurufudini I just loved him so much I've oh, seen all those hi. samurai films Yeah yeah and um, you know Mary Hamilton and Ned Beatty and and it just mm. um, but the funny thing was <laughs> oh, okay so um, it was someone named Katie I really felt, you know, it was written by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale. Uh And their sense of humor is a lot darker than Stephen's. Stephen's at that time was much more. Well, he's still. Like, like he still
0: got that childish wonder.
2: So I think a lot of the really dark, funny stuff didn't get translated ah. because it was just a different sensibility. I always thought it would have been a different movie if Bob Zemeckis had directed
0: it. So would it have been a better movie if he had, if had been darker? I think uh-huh. it would have been. I think it's uh-huh.
2: a, not as bad. I mean, I saw the movie a few years ago. They screened it at the Egyptian. It's a pretty good movie. It's fun. There's I haven't fun seen it stuff. since it first came out. Yeah, there's plenty of fun stuff in uh-huh. there, but it's not what the original script was. Mm. As everybody, if you were in Hollywood at that time, you wanted to be in this movie. And unfortunately, Steven kept casting people And they write something for them. So we got to the point Ah. where they, in this movie, if they do a rewrite, you get a new script and it has pink pages. Or, well, here's your yellow pages. Mm -hmm. And they do these rewrites. We went through every color. (laughs) And finally, everybody took their scripts and just said, whatever. What are we doing today? (laughs) You know what I mean? Wow. This is pretty nuts.
0: Wow. Okay.
2: But, but what?
0: And I got married
2: while we were shooting, in the middle of shooting.
0: Wow.
2: So, wow.
0: Secretly? Secretly. And you almost got sued.
2: Yes, basically. That's what do you mean almost was. got sued? Well, because I was off schedule and we planned it. I didn't want to get married on Friday the 13th.
0: Good whatever idea. Whatever it was, whatever
2: it was. So I said, okay, I'm off for these days. I'm going to fly in. We planned the wedding. got just got me a wedding. It was, we got married in our apartment. And um, I get a call from my brother. I'm getting ready. And he calls and he says, they're looking all over for you. And I said, what do you mean? He said, they're they're gonna sue you. I said, "What do you mean?" Brian comes running in to the yeah. place from his office, and I'm getting dressed. I said, I'm getting dressed. You can't see me now. <laughs> no, oh, because it's your wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. why I got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> Let's <laughs> say that's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, literally, they Stephen decided. This how was he decided? He wanted me that day. He wanted to shoot something with me that day. And, and he was gonna sue you, Steven? Steven? Well that's what Brian you know Brian tried to talk to us. So I had to go to this, I had a bad grovel and apologize to Steven. and apologize to them. I was apologizing all over but the place. But you had these
0: days off. Yes, you were supposed but to be on call. You
2: kinda of think of it this way. Yeah. If they have you for a movie, you have to kinda of think of yourself as a rent a car. Yeah. If they want you, they can take you out anytime yeah. they want. And you can't certainly can't leave
0: the state, the state <laughs> without permission. <laughs> you didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell <laughs> no, okay. all. So did you say um, I'm getting married today?
2: Well, when when Brian talked to Stephen, Stephen, we're getting married. Like, well, you know, blah blah. I mean, it, things were so. I felt bad. I mean, looking back, I think it was really rough on Stephen because he didn't really have a producer. There was mm-hmm. nobody at that point. He was so big, nobody would say no. You know, it's kind of like in a way the emperor's clothes. You mm-hmm. know, and they. I want to do this. And if you have a good producer on the set and a director has an idea, they go, No, we got to shoot this, this is what we're on. They kind of reel them in a little bit, they support them in that way. Right. And you can do something off point, but almost everything was getting (laughs) off point, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so we got through it. It was it was it was really t- difficult, mm-hmm. and then compounded with the fact that Tim and I had, had, we, they were in a freak accident in the plane, where the whole thing they were shooting us from, uh, watching us on a monitor, totally across the sound stage with this little robotic camera that was in was a Lumicran, a French camera, and we're supposed to be screaming, because the plane's supposed to be scratch, crashing. So we're well, we don't look like we're doing anything wrong, but the fact is. There was a fire that erupted in the plane. Oh, I am in the about head, this. Yeah. Tim's in the back. And he, I couldn't move. And he literally pulled me through. My nylons were burned off my leg. Oh, my. And, there was, and we're up two stories. And now I understand fire and why people jump. You hear people jumping out of windows. There was a big platform. Tim dove out. And I jumped. I didn't even know what I was jumping. And a big, tall grip just literally caught me in the air and swung me over oh my onto god. the lake. god so it was very dramatic everybody almost everybody got hurt on that movie because the 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 effects the things that we were doing just were you know tricky tricky mm-hmm. and we were in for the safe version this was the safe version of the uh the scene so you never know what's going to happen and you have to think film is illusion, there's always a safe way, and I didn't want to go in where they had the plane squibbed with you know, bullets and everything, so uh, AD Flowers, who's one of the most legendary um, munitions guy who did Apocalypse Now, says, you know what, we can get a great effect with flash bulbs and it'll work, but freak accident, fans blowing, ignites with a, a flash bulb and a, a feather, poof, big fire. Wow. So um, it was, it was, uh, those, those aspects of it, people getting hurt, that was really rough. But we all loved each other and had a really good time. And it was one big party.
0: I bet it was. <laughs> it sure was. Okay, so now that, so, okay, so you do 1941 and then,
2: come on, dress to Kill us
0: to in. to here. Kill. Yeah, okay. then dress to Kill. So that's like a game changer.
2: Totally. It was my first starring role.
0: Your first starring role, and you're with Michael Caine and Angie Dickinson, okay. and oh my. So. Dennis Brands. Oh my God. It wasn't
2: Dennis Brands yet. Wow, I didn't even remember that he was yeah. in it. And he was also in Blowout. Wow. So we reprised our relationship, sort wow. of, as wow. in that movie. Yeah, he's an incredible actor. I love him.
0: Oh my God. So, uh, NYPD Blowout. And Keith like, Gordon,
2: who became oh. a very um, a good director. Really. Oh, I don't, I don't know what's happened to he's him. He's a wonderful director. Does a lot of really interesting, just some good movies, and now he does a lot of television. So
0: Nice. Yeah. Um, and so, and how is that, how is Michael Caine, what, what's Michael Caine like? It's Michael Caine, he's charming
2: and funny and easy to be with. I mean, just a really delightful, and he's a Brit. He's a, just a working, he's a working actor, mm-hmm. you know. He's no, no hullabaloo around him. He's the real deal.
0: And so did you know when you were working on that, this is something? you okay. know uh, The script.
2: It's Mm -hmm. all in the script. See, Mm -hmm. the writing. It goes back to the writing. If it's not in the script, it's not going to be on the screen. You can tell right away. Who is it that said it was a Whoopi Goldberg? said, yeah, you can smell them in the the mailbox, the bad ones. And you can. It's like you pick it up and you go, oh, my God, how am I going to read this? Uh, Literally almost from the first page. Wow. And the good ones take you. RoboCop, I thought, oh, my God. I got that That said, delivered to me, and I went, RoboCop? And I called my agent. They didn't change this title. That's a terrible title. <laughs> he says, yeah, don't worry about that. They'll probably change it. So I said, all right, I'll look, it a I'll look at it. Mm-hmm. Picked it up. I couldn't put it down. Wow. I'd never read it. So you, you, you can tell mm-hmm. right away, I think.
0: I mean, is it possible if you get a great script and I'm not a good director that yeah. it's not going to work even sure. if you have a great script? Or, sure.
2: Yeah. We had a great script for RoboCop, too. The original script was a really good script. And then Irvin Kershner uh, basically destroyed it. In my opinion, and I was one of the most miserable, just a miserable director. Mm. People thought, oh well, he directed *The Empire Strikes Back*. Mm -hmm. Well, hello, George Lucas lays everything out. It doesn't take more than a traffic cop to get that job done. But um, so yeah, I think yeah, you can you can tell, and somebody can have a not great vision of a good script. But at least it'll be watchable mm-hmm. if you just shoot the script. Mm-hmm. You know, it might not be
0: inspired mm-hmm. in any way. Yeah. Okay, so Dressed to Co comes out. You've had this leading role. You're with Brian. You're, um, life is good, right? Life is good? Life is good. Life is good. Life is
2: good. Living in New York again, really happy. Living in the village, my favorite place. Right near Washington Square
0: Park. And uh, life is good. And so then... Um, Blowout.
2: Oh, uh, after Dress to Kill, I did. I feel like, yeah, I guess it was Blowout. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to make that movie. I had no plans to make that movie because I wanted to have a baby. I wanted to get pregnant, and um, and I also wanted to be very careful to not just work with Brian. I wanted mm-hmm. to try and say if I did something with him, to do something after mm-hmm. with somebody else. Mm-hmm. So there was no plans to do Blowout, and I was in uh, Europe mm-hmm. promoting, doing a little bit of promotion for Dust to Kill, and I had my mother and we were traveling, and he had a list of actors for the John Travolta role. And it was people like John Heard, Jimmy Woods, and they were sort of cerebral right. kind of type, older. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, I was talking to Brian, and I said, oh, and he said, oh, I heard from John. I said, oh, that's great, how's he doing? And he asked what I was working on, and I told him, Blowout or whatever it was called, personal effects at the Mm -hmm. time, and he asked to read it. And I said, well, is he? He said, so I gave it to him. I said, well, what are you going to do if he likes it? Because he wasn't on the list. He said, oh, he's going to see it's not right for him, and he won't want to do it. (laughs) And I said, okay, well, and if he does, I couldn't imagine who would read that role and not want to play it. It's such a good role. Yeah. So uh, sure enough, that's what happened, and John was, I said, well, okay, I guess it's going to be. He says, well, I asked him, Who do you, who could you see yourself working with in this or opposite you in this? And he said, I'd love to do this one with Nancy. Oh! He said, I said, he said, so what do you think? Are you okay with him doing it now? (laughs) Do you want, I said, of course I want to work with John. You know, so that changed everything. We had to come in and do some improvisation and try to, he had to rewrite and tailor it to Mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. so that it worked for us. And And, it did. And it was magical. John would go. Oh my Dennis God, Dennis Franz, I mean, we had the amazing Vilmos Sigmund, who's one of the great cinematographers, passed away last year. And um, just an extraordinary shoot. And everything was magical. And it did not, it, that movie, as great as it is, and it's even bigger today than when it, when mm-hmm. it came out, um, didn't work. It didn't, it died at the box office. Did it? It died at the box office because the studio insisted on releasing it as a, a big summer picture because John Travolta, they want to get their money back. Right. It wasn't that, it was a dark, right. it's a fall
0: movie. Mm.
2: <clears throat> so um, it was disastrous mm. and uh, really sad, but I got really depressed and, mm. and then I got pregnant and then I lost a baby. It was just like mm. one thing after the next and John, God bless John, he had a wonderful manager and who they really protected him they, they guarded him and he came over to the house one day and he said isn't it great we're getting such great reviews for the movie and we either got really great reviews or like horrible reviews really horrible reviews. oh my god and, and i said what do you mean we've had some really often oh, just i haven't seen any I haven't. Oh, and then oh, i thought oh they're not showing it <laughs> That wow.
0: No, because he was John Travolta. Because he, he was, because John, he was Travolta. John Travolta. No. They don't want to
1: upset. He's so sensitive. It's Sort of like Trump know. with the
0: Russia thing. <laughs> Yes, well, but the rush thing. Like, oh I don't God. even know who that is. Oh God. <laughs> we, we 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 talked about this before we went on the air. And We didn't talk about it. I said we were going to talk about it when we got on the air. Oh yeah, I'm but not the, seeing it anywhere but, else. but the fact that 45 is about to get a divorce. I'm not seeing it. Okay, well, I saw it. Where? I I got I got like a oh there's a bunch of people laughing. There, there's there's look at all the laughs, laughs as soon as we we talk about him. Um, so yeah so I read today I don't know I got either a blast from the New York Times or from one of them I got one of those things. would it be trending? That well be all so... I'm telling you is it said they're getting a divorce I'll, I'll find it on my email. Right, to does get off the does anyone in
1: Facebook land know who, if you've heard, go ahead. Vicky. It's Forever, if, yeah. No, you say it.
0: Put it. Put the link on the on here so Louise can can click it. If anybody yeah. has seen the link, yeah. I read today right before the show that they're getting a divorce. Melania and Melania and him. Okay. Well, if they and, don't
2: get it now, they'll get it when he's out of office. Yeah, so, but I heard they're doing
0: it now, which we were saying is probably the first president ever to do to be going through. But my feeling is that he's been the Teflon president. He has gotten that maybe this will be the thing that will be the chink in the armor that'll start everything falling down, the house of cards.
2: I think it is a house of cards, and it is like, I don't know which thing it's gonna, it's like, what is it, the thousand cuts or something, which is the one that's gonna get him. Yeah. It's amazing that this man has gotten
0: away. It, can, it with cannot so be possible that he can get through this term without. I can't
2: imagine. I mean, it's really hard for me to imagine anybody voting for him for any reason, growing mm-hmm. up in New York and knowing what, he's a joke in New York. Yeah. And yeah. everyone knows he's a con man. He's a con man. Yeah. And I think, how did he fool so many people? I just don't get it.
0: The Russians. No, oh, the Russians. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, um, did somebody, did anybody give the link?
1: I am seeing it on page six, but does that make it, oh, Donald
0: Trump Jr. No. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit i was so excited well i mean not that i was excited for anybody to go through but i just thought this is going to be the end of course because the president can't do that well she was let this
1: little prize oh. slip away huh. <laughs> oh, oh well
2: more gotta, time more time, gonna, time for <laughs> hunting wild animals <laughs> um somebody
0: wow. asked if you still speak to brian uh you know i don't
2: he's not capable I, I actually correspond it's not like we had any big fight or anything. It's really he's just not Okay. Yeah. This is sort of sad. How long were you guys married? Four years. Mm-hmm. Well together like two and a half years before. They were together. Mm-hmm. It's his longest relationship.
0: Somebody's mad at me, they said let Nancy. We want to hear Nancy. I guess I was talking too much. Yes. It's your friend. Oh, it's probably you. Didn't nice talk well.
2: too much. Yes, yeah, we well,
0: want. I, we want like to, I was you, talking too much. We want to hear. Nancy. I'm tired of hearing myself. I like, oh my <laughs> God! Oh, that story again. Um, okay, so how so? How do you segue out of making movies and uh, start doing We Spark? How does your life shift? Well. um...
2: God, it's so complicated, but I think that, you know, I lost both of my brothers uh, seven months apart, wow. and I've had my mother uh, living with me, and it, that's mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing. My father died of cancer, and then I got my mother through that, and then a few years later, both my brothers died, and that oh. sort of really changes. Wow. Oh, changes yeah. things in your, what's important to you, and um, I also think, quite honestly, that you get to a certain point, I don't know what age it was, I suppose it was in my early 40s, mm-hmm. and I started, it's like I'm working, I've done all this wonderful work, and I'm just not getting an opportunities for good roles anymore. And I. it's so weird, because you, as you mature, mm-hmm. as you live life, and you have more wisdom, more experience, it's like, wait, I have so much more to offer now. Right. I have so much more insight into right. what I can bring to something, but, you know it just wasn't happening and the work I was doing was not interesting exciting whatever for me and so I think it was just and I didn't know anything else that's what I'd done my whole life mm-hmm. since I was a teenager so I just assumed I would be doing it and maybe just doing things that I didn't like as much for the rest of my life and and um, you know life intervenes in strange ways. Mm-hmm. And it's you said, you were saying something earlier, I think, uh, when you and Louise were talking. It's the saying yes. You know, you just, something will present, just say yes. Just mm-hmm. try it. Mm-hmm. And when Wendy Joe Berber, who I made two movies with, called me and asked me, just as a celebrity, should we be a celebrity golfer and help me raise money? And I'm like, yeah, sure, I play a little golf. I'm not really that great, but I'll come, you know. And she... <laughs> had invited me to see what Spark was and could I help her and... How uh, long ago was this? Well, we opened in 2001. It's actually 17 years this month. Oh. But reeling back to mm-hmm. the early 90s, mm-hmm. when I was in my 40s, I, after this loss and everything happened, I used to meet once a week, or once a month with my girlfriends, about six or seven of us. Mm-hmm. And we just have a bite to eat and then we'd share with each other what's going on in our lives. and. And everyone's like, well, maybe I should have this done or this done or, you know, all the things they start talking about. And I said, you know, we need a spiritual day spa. We should be meditating. We should be doing yoga. We should be learning how to, you know, do all Anyway, I was looking, knowing at that point that there was myself, the women, that that we had to go deeper in some way. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to create a place for women to go that would be, you know, Maybe put it somewhere in the valley near the studios where someone, high-pressure jobs, could get out of work for an hour and come in. Yeah, you could have some of the fluffy stuff, too, but really stuff about soothing your spirit. Wow. Because I think I needed my spirit to be soothed after all I'd been through, you know, going mm-hmm. through the divorce and you know all the loss I'd had. Mm-hmm. So much loss. <clears throat> so, but I couldn't figure out how to raise the money. So that went away and then when Wendy asked me to be part of helping her I wasn't really working. I said, "Yeah, I'm not really working. I can help you a little bit." So I went over there. It's Sherman Oaks is where we are. We're still there. And um, she said, "Well, you know you do yoga." I said, "I do every day. I have a practice." And she said, well, "Why don't you be the yoga teacher? Maybe you can help. I mean, you're into the woo woo stuff. You could be the creative the stuff. You could be the creative program director." And I said, "Oh, Thinking, what the hell is that? You did not know what she's talking about. And so it started by just showing up mm. on a daily basis. Well, I'm not working today, and just showing up and talking, well, what if we did this and brainstorming and thinking about the different modalities that were out there? And so if you think that now everyone's talking about mindfulness and meditation and hypnotherapy and Reiki, all the energy work that's right. out there.
0: Tell us what the mission of We Spark is, first of all, because people don't might not know about it. So
2: We Spark, the actual mission is that We Spark is dedicated to enhancing the lives of cancer patients and their loved ones. And essentially we offer free services to anyone who's going through the cancer experience. And it's it's a lot of integrative programs. We have support groups, a lot of clinical programs, support groups for caregivers, for cancer patients, for grief and loss, for children who have a parent with cancer young adults with cancer, that's very specific, men, breast cancer, um, and on and on. How do you afford
0: to do this for free?
2: Well, the <laughs> generosity of many, many people out there, so private donations, uh, we do a lot of fundraisers, mm-hmm. uh, four or five through the year, mm-hmm. uh, through the year. One of them is coming up, it's the Jason Alexander Texas Hold'em Poker oh, tournament. yeah so if you're here, mm-hmm. Uh, March 25th, a week from this Sunday, it's a lot of fun, and Jason is a blast to play with. And to answer what you were talking about earlier, we Spark is an organization, not to be confused with a foundation. Okay, that's, foundation, that's what I
0: wasn't sure. Okay. So, a
2: foundation mm-hmm. is a, a group of people or company that, that actually we would write to and try to get a grant, and right. they would give money. Right. Organizations were a 501c3, so we're a nonprofit. We raise money, our operating budget, is everything's out there on the internet, so everything we do goes to our programs. And um, we started out that first year, we had one program every day, and we were really proud of that. Now we have at least 40, 45 programs a week. Oh, wow. We, in, in any given you know year, I think it was last year, mm-hmm. whatever the period was, I mean, we serve so many people. I was going well, like how... Tens of thousands wow. of programs. Tens of thousands of individual services. Uh, we wow. last the year before last, so twenty sixteen. We had a surge in growth, twenty four percent. Last year, we grew thirty nine percent in terms of new people. So it's kind of the good news and bad news. It's because so many people have cancer. So oh. many people have cancer, but now more people are being diagnosed because we saw a big surge after the uh, after Obamacare came out because people didn't have access to health care, oh. so we were seeing later stage diagnosis. So. With all of the programs that we do, many of the things like hypnotherapy, guided imagery, Reiki, um, uh, reflexology, uh, so many of the modalities that are very helpful for the physical and emotional side effects from a cancer mm-hmm. diagnosis, whether you're the patient or the caregiver or family member or friend, mm-hmm. and these are things that are not covered by insurance. But they know now that they're quite effective. mm -hmm. I mean, hypnotherapy had so many people tell me that, oh my God, I can't believe I did those sessions of hypnotherapy, I got to my surgery, I wasn't afraid. I was so calm, I felt so good, everything was so, and the recovery process is just, these are things, this connection, this thing, that I try to tame this beast every day with meditation, Mm -hmm. this (laughs) connection to the body, is very powerful mm. and um it's all it is all connected so uh i feel it's it's um wendy passed away unfortunately in 2005 and i know she'd be so proud and she would be amazed at how far we've come uh, and how much we do and how many people we serve and. No matter how, um, you know, I think it, I, I kind of believe at a certain point in life. That's why I love what you do, the work you do with women and women mm-hmm. who write and how you inspire women. I think we have to bring, we have to take what we have and bring people along and inspire them. It's, it becomes your job at some point in life. You have to stop saying, what's, what's in it for me? Mm-hmm. You know, but to be of service mm-hmm. and uh, it's much more f- fulfilling at some point.
0: And is there any part of you that misses that has, that? that gets that, oh, if I just, like do you consider that maybe at some point, you know, because now you're kind of getting cool again, right? Like we get <laughs> old, so- as, <laughs> right, we, well we get old and then all of a sudden old is cool because they need they need women of a certain age to, right. to, to, to make movies. Mm-hmm. Um, do you get old? Um, Let's say
2: the only thing I can say is I sometimes have a fantasy, like, I love being on sets, I love the machine, I love mm-hmm. the collaborative process, the grips, the guys, the camera, all of it. Mm-hmm. Of course it's all very different now mm-hmm. than it was when I was doing it, but the business, not for me. I can't imagine going through it anymore. I couldn't do go through the readings, of it. I, I couldn't do it.
0: Phil Rosenthal was saying mm-hmm. to us the only thing bad about show business is the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah
2: it yeah. is, and it is a business. Mm-hmm. And you have to, I have very good friends, you would know them if I told you, and the who you, they work it, they work it, they work it. Nobody can make any money anymore.
0: Really? Yeah.
2: I mean, unless you're a big star, big uh-huh. big big star. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a, a working actor or, a star, or or yeah, even mm. unless you're unless you're a star or the star of a television series, you cannot make any money. Wow. So, and that's not it at this point. Who cares about that? I mean, that's you know, you're living and you have. <laughs> Well, Making you know money would be good. Making money, you, making your bills, but it's no, not, it can't be, yeah, you get no. to a certain age, unless you hit yeah. a uh, starring role on the television series, you're not going to make any money, certainly not in movies. Mm-hmm. One person generally <laughs> makes money in the movie, and that's the star. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> I don't know. It seems like, oh, and then... Days and I'm too tired and night shooting,
0: and who wants to do any of that? Now I'm talking myself out of it. And you also have, <laughs> aside from being of service and having this wonderful thing that, that feeds so many people and... Uh, and and also you get to do your show busy stuff because you have the Jason Alexander yeah. Pover Tournament. You have the Jeff Goldblum, Susan Anton yeah. Jazz Club. You have your comedy show. Yes. Um, so you get to still have that sort of...
2: Connection. Yeah, yeah. To, to
0: the And you mine the gold. And you mine the gold
2: of, you like, the gold of your connection. Yeah, and you use whatever celebrities left of you that there that still can draw other people into to support your purpose and passion.
0: Which is fantastic. And then you also have a lovely personal life. And, nice and man you realize. have a wonderful man mm-hmm. and, and love in your life mm-hmm. and and um, and that I bet colors everything. It's
2: nice, you yeah. know. It's nice. <laughs> it's nice. <Yes>. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good guy. He's a good. But guy. you know, I spent ten years alone for, by choice, and uh, I just thought, oh, this is not my area. You know, it's some nice guys, and I think. I'm, I'm in gonna year just... eight.
0: Hmm? I'm, I'm in year eight. eight. Well, I'm, 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 I'm so over it, but I'm in year eight, <laughs> but you know, the big guy's got another plan. Transformation. There's, the there's, there's a plan, I don't know what it is, it's around the corner, it around a, the corner.
1: I have a good question from Craig Shoemaker.
0: Good. Craig, hi Craig. Yeah.
1: Does Nancy see a current actress that reminds her of herself?
0: Ooh, good question.
2: Let's
1: see, who's the most fabulous
0: actor? <laughs> <laughs> Craig, we want you <laughs> on the road taken. We, I, I've already
2: asked him. Okay. Um, you know, its I don't know that anyone reminds me of me, but in his careers that I look at, and I think this is an interesting actress, and boy, those are great roles they're doing. You know, people like, um, of course, now I have to think of their name. Uh, um, uh, who's the young lady This in Molly's Game? She's very, you know, I haven't seen Molly's Game, I, but I've she she heard was fabulous in, she was, things. She, she was in uh, Berg... Uh, Birdman last year and a lot of other. She's a wonderful actress. Emma Stone.
0: Oh I love Emma Stone. She's a Emma wonderful Stone. actress. I mean,
2: these are, she, what I like is she's a character actress. She, she's is. Even, she plays leading roles but they're real characters. You they know? are. I love that and actress. she has like a
0: deep voice and she doesn't have yeah. the traditional look. I mean you're gorgeous. You're gorgeous. You are a Hollywood leading lady. You're beautiful. But, but. I
2: think of myself as a character actress. Do you? I like characters. Margot Robbie. There's some to me. She was robbed. Speaking of Robbie, she was robbed. She should have gotten that award, in my opinion, this year. I love Frances McDormand. If you're watching, I love Frances McDormand, but we've seen that before. Nothing new, to me. Uh, Margot, Margot Robbie. Did, did you see um, I did. Aitonia? Oh sure. my I, gosh. I loved, I loved her in that. And I lo- I'll tell you who else I loved who was completely ignored this year. Michelle Williams in All the Money in the World. I, you know
0: I have not seen it. I've heard great things about it. It's I haven't a seen.
2: really good movie and Christopher Plummer you know it's, you know he was. He
0: replaced uh, Kevin yeah,
2: Spacey. But that's he, the director originally wanted. Oh, really? Yeah, but the studio wouldn't to hire him because he wasn't as relevant as Kevin Spacey. And I love Kevin Spacey. I think he's a wonderful actor. But when you see this movie, you can't imagine anyone else ever in this role. Well, I really have to
0: see it. You have
2: to see it. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. No, I'm not going to tell you until you have to okay. say, so I won't <laughs> make my comment. But But she is... Michelle Williams is an actress who I love. And I'll tell you, in this movie, she's the emotional heart and driving force of this picture. And there's no... You cannot see what she's doing at all. I
0: love. Wow. You know, it like we all
2: reacted like these big, Showy. crazy yeah. performances, and this
0: and that. not she in the one, the greatest show on earth? I haven't seen she that. She is. Yet. I haven't seen that either. I, I love it. Fanta- I heard it's fantastic. I love it. I that haven't movie. seen it. Have you seen it, Louise? Not yet. We have some work to do. Yeah, we have some work to do. I heard, I've heard. See I've it. seen. It, to great. me, it looked it looked really cheesy in the ads, and I was like, no, no. And then everyone's you'll telling me, it. no, you'll love it, I you'll love really it. Really will enjoy. Yeah, yeah. What
2: about Phantom Thread?
0: I loved Phantom Thread. <laughs> I did too. I loved it. And that girl, she's like, uh, she's she's like an action, uh, she's got Laura, w- w- Oh, some woman superhero action movie. She, she does? Yeah, it's her. I don't even know
2: who she is.
0: I don't know who she is either, but I saw her do a talk back at SAG. She was wonderful in Phantom Thread, but she's, yeah, she's like Laura Croft, whatever, oh, Tomb okay. Raider or oh. something. She's oh. that girl. I, I believe okay. it's the same woman. Say hi to Tom then, Bergeron. Tom, you too, Tom. I'm I'm gonna be hounding you. I know Dancing with the Stars is co- is it back already? It's coming back. It's it's like now. Tom so-
2: Bergeron, come play poker. Ooh, <laughs> we, put, we buy you in for free and give you lots of chips. Come play next oh, week, with Tom. Us. Come be our, guest. <laughs> be our guest. Be our guest. <laughs> it's a Sunday. I know you're not working. Ah, there you go.
0: I don't. Yeah, Dancing with the Stars doesn't work on Sunday. No, no they of course don't. Not. <laughs> um. I love Tom. It starts April 30th, he says. Okay. Oh, well, then I'm getting you in here before it starts because I know you don't have to rehearse. Except... <laughs> he, Tom is maybe... And I'm not saying this because he's on the thing. Tom is off the cuff, one of the funniest people I have ever <laughs> been around in my is life. That right? He is so hysterical. You know, like he throws it away on Dancing with the Stars. You know, he gets them in. Right. But they... I think they rein him in. I don't think he gets... He doesn't get to be all... T- no, like he, is, he has
2: to
1: be the appropriate one. Yes, he's, but I mean, he needs he's, to be
0: on a podcast. He's, That's where he He's going to be right here is where he's yeah. going to be. Um, okay, so looking ahead, Nancy Allen, not Karen... I called you oh, Debbie. I called you Debbie when I when I was saying guess who's gonna be on the show. But I was talking to Allie Willis, and all we were talking about is African American people. And I said, Debbie, um, no, somebody called me Debbie. Allen. We okay. should have all the Allens. Like all really the Allens, right? And <laughs> with Woody. With, oh God. So if, if 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 in a perfect world, is there anything ahead that you haven't done that you? Is there anything? Is there anything you'd still like to do that you haven't done yet? I don't know. I'm waiting, That's for, it okay. hit, I'm
2: waiting for it to hit me. You know, I'm waiting for that inspiration. It's the kind of thing you know when you know, and not another minute sooner. But I. I do have a feeling there's something else. And like I just crea- don't know what it creative. is. Creative. There's something yeah.
0: creative. I mean, there's what you do else. is very creative.
2: It is. I mean, people don't know that, but it really I is. I know that. It's uh, it's uh, a really interesting. It's a really interesting creative environment, mm-hmm. and the people who do service there, who do all this work, are very
0: inspirational and creative. No doubt. Well, you are an inspiration to me. Well, you know I love you, and um, thank you so much for coming to do this. I love you, mwah, mwah, mwah. I love you so much. Mwah. And next week we are going a completely different way, Sid Straw. We are going to ah. we are going to have a wild time with the Sid. I can't wait, and uh, yes. I'll be and calling I'm you, Tom. And Piper Yay.
1: And Piper, yay!
0: Anyway, thank you all so much. We'll see you next week on the road taken.